must be gone and live or stay and die. Moonlight is not daylight. I know it, I. It is some meteor the sun exhales lightly on thy way to Mantua. For stay yet, thou needest not be gone. <laughs> well, let me be taken. Let me be put to death. I have more care to stay than will to go. Come, death, and welcome. Juliet wills it so. There's a mistake I think I made. Welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think what it says on thine tin, <laughs> it's best film ever, my name's Ian. I'm Liam. Thou is Ethan. <laughs> and I'm George. can be thouest, that means you. Oh. That ah. means, if I, I say thine, your tin, as opposed to thou, you say, you'd still be I. That was Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> and we're off to a smooth start here. <laughs> Episode 94, Romeo plus Juliet. Uh-huh. Now, technically, that's how it is. It's plus. It's but not there's a, there's a tiny little land symbol in the middle of the plus. Is there? Yeah. Oh. But if you look it up on IMDb, it's, it's plus, plus Juliet. Yeah, yeah. which is a, a bit, a bit, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I write my ends as a plus. But we are, yeah, I tend to when I'm doing notes and stuff. Yeah. I don't like ampersands. No. It's just that, a weird word. It's a weird it? word. And, it's and you want to say, I think it's and for sand, but it's am. A-M-P. Ampersand. Yeah. I always thought it was ampersand. Ampersand? Ampersand. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Someone go ahead and look that up. Now you've said let's that, talk. Sure. Let's talk about the world, shall we? And uh, the good stuff in the world. Like, where, where are we charting this week? Mm-hmm. We are charting in Great Britain at number thirty-six. Yay. That's not bad. We had our return into Canada, Ta-da. into Australia. We are yeah, number you. six in <laughs> South Korea. We're in oh. Sweden, Brazil, Norway, Denmark, the Netherlands, New Zealand. Hey, Thanks, Ethan. Yeah. Switzerland, Saudi Arabia, number forty. South Africa, Portugal, the Philippines, Singapore, Finland, the Ukraine, twenty-sixth in Malaysia. Wow. The Czech Republic, Nigeria, number twenty-three in Kenya, number four. 45 in Pakistan, number 19 in Uganda, and not number one, but we're moving on up. Number two, thanks for leaving the light on, it's Sierra, Sierra Leone. Aww. If you're wondering, number two, what beat you guys? Yeah, who's number one? <laughs> the Bridgerton Film Review. God That's incredible. <laughs> they are they are of the moment. So <laughs> Beetlejuice, they're like, yeah, well, we like we like our Beetlejuice better than we like our Cool Hand Luke, but uh, <laughs> but not as much as we like our Bridgerton. Apparently, <laughs> uh, Georgia, why don't you go ahead and say what you've found out? Uh, so it is an ampersand. Um, and originally... Wait, so we have to live in a world where Ethan's right? We do. This truly is Halloween. So, so geography, not so much. The names of punctuation symbols, very much so. That's my degree. Little, little, little tidbit. The e, it was originally E-T, joined together, meaning et, meaning and in Latin. Oh. That's what the symbol originally was. There I, you go. I get what you're etting at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just phone home. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was terrible. That was terrible. Um, Georgia loved it. But I liked it. <laughs> I'm taking a look here just for the sake of whatever, because we just finished this last week of October. So let's look at our, if I may, because not everybody listens on Apple Podcasts. Here are the top 10 nations who've listened to us in October. Okay. Ooh. If I may. Yep. So number one, the United States. And thank you very much, everybody in America. God bless you. The They're best states listen. would be like our third biggest country. So thank yeah, you yeah, very yeah, much. Yeah. Uh, God bless the USA. Um, here at home, number two, United Kingdom. I'd expect that. Uh-huh. Number three in Canada. Canada. Uh, our number four is South Korea. Our number wow. five is Australia. Our number six is the Netherlands. 
Wow. Which is one that we don't usually know. You, yeah, you don't yeah, think yeah, charting yeah. that high. Yeah. So there must be other platforms. Mm-hmm. Seven, Malaysia. Number eight, Singapore. Wow. Mm-hmm. Number nine, Finland. And number 10, Germany. So mm. thank you very much. Yeah, also in play, all. Ireland, India, Estonia. 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 That's a new one. Do we have yeah. a chart in Georgia? Have we ever charted in Georgia? I don't know. The don't state know. or the country? I mean. Oh, in the state. Well, the state. We got lots of listeners in Georgia. Yeah. But, but like the, 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 the state, but not the well. country. Uh, okay. Not that I'm aware of. Because I'm we, like. We might have been listening to in Georgia, but yes. Georgiaing up my Georgia right you, now. You, you, you are very much. <laughs> yes. So I should say this. It's Halloween day as we record this. And though we celebrated Ooh. our Halloween episode last time, we've dressed up, or at least we had at one point. We've dressed up. <laughs> I'm still dressed You're up. You're still dressed I up. Ethan, well, you, Ethan just got here. You've played um, character, dude. I have broken, yeah. I have broken. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically Can enough. Can you imagine if you did the podcast in character? In character. Oh, I'd love that. You would have to carry it. It would just be nonsense because it would it just would all be, be snoochy boochies. Oh, God, not for Shakespeare as well. Yeah. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would not be good. It would just be my awful southern accent. All over so again. if you've checked our Twitter and you've... <laughs> If you've checked our Twitter and you've checked our um, Instagram or things like that, uh, you'll have seen that uh, we came as, uh, well, Liam and I came as Jan Sanabob. You did indeed. We did indeed. So that was fun. We went to our local uh, convenience store here <laughs> and we took our pictures outside of it like it was our own quick stop. So that was that was a lot of fun and to do. kept walking by just going, you they, look like you're having fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hal- at least it was Halloween day. So it that was, was, that was yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah, so. It wasn't like, if we did like October 24th, they'd be like, you boys all right? <laughs> Uh, Georgia came in costume as a... What do you want to say? Go for it. Georgia came as a Rockford peach. A Rockford peach. Yeah, yeah. and and I think specifically sort of... um, What's the I'm looking for here? Inspired by Dottie, by Gina Davis? Yeah, mostly because my hair is the same color and kind of... It worked. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so that was good. So we found a greener area to do that, yeah. Uh, Realized we don't know how to find a baseball bat in England. Yeah, they just don't. <laughs> it's, no it's, it's one really has hard. one. No. Well, the weird thing is I, I nearly bought one. Did you? Out of an antique shop. £28. Oh. I didn't Jeez. know if that was good or bad. That, that is expensive. That is expensive. expensive yeah. baseball bat. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, good time have, 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 by, have by all. And mm-hmm. then uh, Ethan showed up late as... Uh, Fashionably late. As episode two and later Kylo Ren. Yeah. Well, episode... What was this? Eight. Eight and later yeah. Kylo Ren. Yeah. I'm Last Jedi Kylo Ren. Uh, Last Jedi Kylo Ren. That's, with, the, way, with the, that's the reason it's a scary costume. Oh, is that why? Yeah. Because it's, okay. it's Last Jedi. Yeah. Are you starting to see people? Can you see Ellie where she is right now? <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys having like a conversation I'm across the way? I'm with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I say that. It's my favorite one. Wow. Oh, I know, and we will get to this at some point because it is eligible. Yeah. Is although, it really? at, although at a rate of one a year, I, I got a while. I'm okay. Yeah, we <laughs> you do. got enough time to prepare. I do. I do. I do. So uh, let's take a look, shall we? At uh, If you haven't checked it out last week, uh, this week or last week, whatever week this is, check out Beetlejuice from last week. Check out Who Do You Think You Are, where we looked at Doomsday and uh, Army, Army of, of Ghosts. Ghosts yeah. Yep. Uh, check out our real roundtable on the Masters of the Skies. Big hit. People, people, very broad topic. Very mm. broad. But I said again, I like our list better than the audience list. And I'm mm. not going to say specifically why. You got to listen to the episode yeah, to find out. Yeah. It's because our white chicks was number one. <laughs> <laughs> I like that movie. I'll just say, no, it wasn't. <laughs> uh, crazy news. We're officially like legit media, apparently, because yeah. we. We got full press accreditation for the Norwich Film Festival. That's incredible. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So cool. Little short film film festival. So lots of stuff there. Ooh. I was, I was, I, I put it in there. I'm going, what's the worst that can happen? They can say no or mm. not respond at all. Yeah. 
And I saw it. I'm like, okay, this is where they're going to let me down nice and easy. And it was Dear Ian. And then it was, uh, we are very happy to announce that you will be uh, full. Run- yeah, so I sent the message out. Everybody went, oh, can you believe this? <laughs> no, no is the answer. Weird. So, yeah. Very weird. And as some of you might have noticed based on last week, we have our first advertiser, apparently. Yeah. yeah. It just showed up. <laughs> so I was like, I probably should plan where we're going to actually put the advertisement in from now on. Yes. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't want to do it to start. Because no. I don't hear going, oh, this isn't this isn't best film ever. Turn it off. <laughs> so it's about finding that right spot in the middle. So we'll, sweet spot. We'll, we'll, we'll we'll find out. Actually, you know what? There's a, there's a, a place where an intermission happens in Romeo and Juliet. I'll put the ad there. <laughs> there That's what is. I'll do. Your ad. There yeah, we are. Uh, there we are. The the ad break. Um. So that was surprising and fun, and you know, to go in a sense, we're kind of professional podcasters on a small scale right now. Yeah. It's not how we make our soul means of living, but no. it's uh it's cool. It's it's, it's a cool. Star. Yeah. Technically, yeah. if you're being paid to do it, you're a professional. You're a professional. So there we go. Um. And hang on, you guys are professionals. <laughs> I'm just the hanger on. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast as a whole is a professional endeavor. How about that? Okay. <laughs> Uh, then we've got just a couple of uh, promos things coming up that we want some interaction with. Uh, first one is Quiz Night 4, A New Hope. Can you beat Kevin from the podcast that wouldn't die? Ooh. Help us, random listener. You are only hope, or one of <laughs> one of four only hopes, anyway. Can you topple Kevin's good? Yeah. He's very good. Uh, also, I've got a list of three. Uh, I got three who are in. I got two, including Kevin. I got some past contestants who want in, but you can cut them to the front of a line. If you haven't played before, get your name in. I still think you should let me play and just absolutely let the entire podcast down. <laughs> My why movie why change what so you bad. do on a regular Tuesday by Tuesday exactly. basis? <laughs> exactly. Just let me have more at it. Uh, <laughs> they're all character face questions as well. Yeah, they're Indeed. just all, who is this yes. actor? It's picture. just visuals. <laughs> <laughs> which, which will work great for an audio format when I, I have know, to release right? it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we have quiz night. Uh, sorry, we did already. Uh, real roundtable. Our next one on best war or military films. You've noticed I've tweaked ever so slightly. It's military films yeah. as well. Because yeah. I was thinking about maybe things like Annapolis, things where a few good men, things where military based, but not necessarily we're at war. Uh-huh. But still no aliens. Still no, still no aliens. Yes. No future Full wars. Jacket type stuff because they yeah. have to show up. Yeah. yeah. Future wars are a no go. Space is a no go. But, it, you know, superheroes, no-go. But anything that has to do with, like, actual military personnel, if you really want to tell me that Forrest Gump's a war movie, I'll, I'll, I'll let you go ahead and put it on the list. I disagree, but it wouldn't make my list. There's not enough military in it. No. That's just me. It's also not a good movie. All right. All right, all right, all right. Georgia continuing to uh, up the content here. <laughs> Um, BFE mail call. Do we know it's Christmas? We got some Christmas questions that are yeah. coming in. I'm so excited for this one. Yeah, some really fun ones. I'm also hoping that Ethan's going to remember poor Hermes and the third time he's asking these I w- questions. I have it three times on my list. It's a Christmas uh, present yeah. as well. Like, you yeah, kind of have I need to. to. Yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and hit this button because we got a few of these this week. There's a mistake. I think I made. Oh, no. So I was on holiday for a couple of days this week, so I didn't listen to the pod. Basically, I published it Tuesday, and then I got out of town. Ah. And so I've been behind on everything, just kind of going, I've been out of town for a couple of days, yada, yada, yada. 
And then I listened to the podcast and I listened to has the Beetlejuice intro then merged into like, shut up your line on your body in time. Okay. I believe you. And I'm thinking that's the closing music. <laughs> nice. what's, what's that doing there? And we missed our whole opening gambit, oh, no. which was really funny. So I'm going to say, here's what you guys should have heard last week at the start. <laughs> it's about 30 seconds, but I thought it was funny. So we're going to go ahead and, and, and throw to that. So here we go. And welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think, what it says in the tin. It's best film ever. My name's Ian. I'm Liam. I'm Ethan. And that's it. Yeah. Um, it's getting a little bit out of hand, guys. Uh, I don't know where George is. They're dropping like flies. They're dropping like flies. So I hear she's uh, in a different realm. So uh, I think we should have referenced it once. We need to make it really, really clear. So maybe together, Liam, if you and I could do this. Yeah. Okay, so if we say Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. Hello. Wow. <laughs> wow. All righty then. <laughs> I need to say I got very confused when we were doing the say, names. Yeah. There was a long Ethan pause. Was. Before, before we started, we went, everybody to clear what we're going to do here. And Ethan's like, yeah. And we're like, you're the only one who wasn't involved in the conversation. <laughs> I love how Georgia could have gone for like a Michael Keaton line. Yeah, or yeah, just yeah. Went, Hello. Hey, you shot the same story. You know what I mean? If you do it again, I'll go. It's showtime. Yeah. You can- <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's what. Which is a shame because we played off that joke throughout the episode. And our closing <laughs> words were even "It's showtime" is sort of a playoff. That's yeah. I thought. I was really quite happy with that. So I thought we're going to go ahead. So, uh, and, you know, no one got a hold of me and said, hey, and you're really, people got me to come to take me to task on like small things on the cliff are like, oh, he's, he's, he's made a legitimate mistake. Like everyone's really nice and doesn't bring it up. <laughs> I think my sister went, I, I, well, she went, she went, you know, we can hear you talking over the Calypso music. And I was just talking about the end of the thing. And I was like, that's intentional, Chris. We always, we always have some talking going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm back around. Oh, wow, I was really wrong there. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the first one. Uh, the next one would be, uh, um, I think it was Hermes. I'm not entirely sure. Definitely Kirsty mentioned uh, I confused Christina Ricci with Anna Paquin last week oh. by making a flyaway home reference, and uh, they, they both picked up on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Step Taylor said, fun ep. My favorite bit was Ian referring to Robert Goulet, a professionally trained voice man, as Rene Goulet, professional wrestler in WWE road agents. <laughs> And both of them, Robert Goulet did sing the national anthem at WrestleMania six. So I said, well, there's a crossover as, as did he. So we were both kind of then at that point. What did that? So, yeah. So thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, step Taylor for holding me to, uh, account and oh my word someone i didn't write down who it was it might have been carlo who said to liam who mentioned about otho and the deets of spray painting the house that's usually done during big house renovations to identify walls that will be torn down so the idea of spray paint on the walls not as unusual as you might think oh okay so let's do some shout out shall we let's do it so our first one as i cue up the right sound effect for it so you probably know exactly who we're talking about yeah That's the Reverend Bruce, who says uh, he's continuing his own march of his best 21 films of uh, 2021. Not the best films released this year. He's mm-hmm. just going through best 21. Yep. So I don't know what he's going to do next year. But uh, he did The Departed, which I love. And The Town, which I've never seen. I've never seen that. Is that the Ben Affleck one? Yeah. I'm thinking of Argo. Never seen that one. Yeah, he likes to do films with four letters in the title. Um, <laughs> but you can go ahead and catch out those reviews at BruceMcRae.com. He agrees with me about Tim Burton. He agrees with Liam about Wes Anderson. 
Yeah. Yep. Not his cup of tea. Uh, and gives a shout out to his daughter Bonnie, who loves Clockwork Orange, but couldn't watch the film. It wouldn't be a Reverend Bruce shout out if we weren't talking about Clockwork Orange <laughs> no, or or um, Eyes Wide Shut. Do you think yeah. we'll he likes around. Kubrick? It, we'll, we'll have to get around to doing it one day, won't we? But oh, we will because I said we, yeah. that's what we said in the in the yeah, yeah. in the mailbag. Like yeah. we have to do it. Yeah. Georgia can have that week off. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. one? Which, which one are we talking about? Dude, it's gonna be tough. Clockwork Orange. Yeah, or? yeah Clockwork Orange. Yeah, Georgia. Georgia can hit uh-huh. the week off. Yeah, on yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Take a month off. Or <laughs> <laughs> if, if we showed it to you, you'd need the month off. Yeah. So just, <laughs> hey, I'm gonna struggle with this. Yeah, it's so, gonna be it's gonna be a hard one. Yeah, but very curious. I'm gonna say this, friend of the podcast. Dwayne Smith. Hi, Dwayne. We can be friends again soon. Oh, okay. Soon. Oh, we can be friends again. Pause. Soon. No, no pause there. I'm, I'm not very well. I've got a sore throat and I can't actually do the shout out bit right now. Um, and I'm just going to pretend that's because you still annoyed me. You haven't. I just can't do it. All right. So, uh, Next week. Next week. This little moment that was supposed to be 15 seconds has turned into some podcast segment. Anyway, Dwayne realized he was still in trouble with the whole my life is a whole dark room gift he sent. But he watched Coraline. And said that he adored it. What? So he he watched it. Then he listened to our re- review and said, "I adored it." Not sure Ian and Liam felt the same way. There's no, no. not suring about it. No. I thought it was a bad movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, I appreciated visually what. It, but, uh, you want to listen to it? Listen, listen to, to it. it. Listen to it. Listen to it. I gave it like a six. I wasn't. I wasn't very big on. At the time, it was the lowest rating I'd given a film. Mm-hmm. Hello, Howl's Moving Castle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Stop says being mean to Howl's but says Moving great, Castle. It was great for him to hear Ali Hayam again. Now you do realize, Dwayne, it's not again. We just record things in the past and then you access them. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, it's not even like they released it afterwards. Like that is an episode from a while ago. Dwayne then said he listened to the whole episode of Beetlejuice. Excellent again, guys. Very kind. Not to bring up the big mistake I made. Yeah. Uh, must say he knew he was not in George's good books but didn't expect to be removed as friend of the show seems a bit harsh and I went hang on hang on hang on one thing you knew about Georgia is she's like that Snickers advert <laughs> you won't like her when she's angry like when, she, sorry, when, she's, when she's hungry, hungry. she's still, yeah you're not you when you're hungry and Dwayne responds being hangry is a problem not talked about enough it's a real it's a real problem although I was just feeding her galaxy as Snickers is at the firmly at the bottom of her fun size list if i if i could i would give you that shout out back but hopefully i can work my way back into our good books there's a georgia inspired poem floating around in my head oh yeah there we go so uh, ratchet book clubs petitioning us for a dwayne smith (laughs) t-shirt if if, if people want to buy it i mean go ahead we can have like hello my name is not dwayne smith There's got to be some sort of sound bites we could put on shirts, but I'm just oh, going to throw it sure. back to Ethan. Yep. Um, Danny from Real Roundtable giving us lots of feedback on who do you think you are. That was a fun thread. Yeah. Uh, yeah. F- uh, amongst other things, it finally started the day. It's a blast. And I said, it's, the thing about it is it's, he said, you guys, it's great to see some diehards. I went, hold on, hold the phone. <laughs> so Ethan's the diehard. I'm very much a casual. He said, but it's great to hear about dynamic because I get to represent the every person, but Leah, uh, Ethan gets to be the expert. Uh, which is kind of a reversal of what, what my situation usually is. And you are very much the host of that. Hey. Um, but uh, he said that as someone who's a, a diehard himself, mm. he really kind of appreciates that back and forth. It's nice. It is nice. Yeah. Um, what's our next episode, Ethan? Uh, our next episode will be Blink, which will be this Saturday, actually, uh, by the time this episode comes out. Wow. Okay. Yeah, very fun one. So four days after yeah. this, we got some more Doctor Who goodness. Blink. Beware the weeping angels. Ooh. Yep. 
proper good. Um, <laughs> it is. So um, we got uh, also friend of the podcast, still friend of the podcast, same person. In fact, Dwayne Smith said he was in Kings Lynn five years ago. He just had a, uh, a thing wow. pop up on his phone what? where he said, now again, he's not there now. <laughs> no, no, but, still, but, but I was like, he was at a wedding. So I was like, where did you go? So I'm, I'm hoping to hear back from that because he showed me because it popped up on his phone as a memory and sure had a map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he said he didn't realize it was Kings Lynn. So kind of in this realm because how I, weird I've been living in the area for five years. So yeah, that's Ooh. brilliant. I've been yeah. living in the area for twenty. Yeah, years, so, so yeah. Yeah, we're all kind of. I've been, that, living, I've been living in the air for 21 years. There you go. <laughs> 21. Okay, you win. You win. <laughs> uh, Josh, from your next favorite movie, For All the Love, he's got some great Halloween decorations. I retweeted it at. Uh, yeah, uh, he's got cool. the Adam and Barbara and their yeah. full like monster version of wow. them with the eyes in the mouth and things. And he's got the handbook for the recently deceased. Wow. That Very was cool. cool. That is cool. I called him a superstar. He said, you all are the superstars. I'm just Aww. letting people know about it. And I'm Aww. going, hold on, hold on. We're all the superstars. <laughs> oh, no. Georgia was gone for like three weeks for the start of it. Can we just say that? Two and I'm weeks. just a tag along. Two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Hermes sent us some terrible cat calypso videos, <laughs> but also a cross section on how skeleton keys worked, which I appreciated. Yeah. There's a little cross section. You see how they everything works. I was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, he would say, also, I agree when owner writers better than Edward Scissorhands or even Girl Interrupted than this. She's likable, but as far as performance goes, Eh. Anyway, that's for you, Ian. Oh, what's for me? <laughs> so the th- he goes, you know, eventually I figured out, oh, it was the, it was the eh. And he goes, yeah, because you're from Canada. <laughs> and I'm like, but hey. we don't go eh, we go a, eh. And we don't, it's not the users like that. Her performance, eh. That's what I was telling no, So yeah. it's like, should we go get, go get some coffee and donuts, eh? eh? It's kind of like that, like <laughs> yeah, a little... Yeah, yeah. You're up for it, yes? Yes, great, okay. <laughs> it's oh. like the Australian, yeah, no. Or no, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, our friends at the Recasted Podcast for all the love. Uh, I was listening to some Vogue by Madonna this week, and I want to know your thoughts on this. Strike the pose. She tells us to strike a pose. Strike yeah. would mean hold it, right? Uh-huh. But then she says, let your body move to the music. And I'm like, this is very confusing. <laughs> no, because you strike a pose. And then what? Why is it that I can't bring something to the table? <laughs> and you guys are all like, yeah, I see where you're coming from. George, like, no, you don't no. real. Dwayne, I t- this is, trust me, you're fighting way too hard to get back in our good books. <laughs> Do you want me to have another week off? Well, no. It's supposed to be your movie pick, so you go ahead. <laughs> um, we've also got uh, Chance Widmore for the love, the TA to Squid podcast for the love, Shoot the Flick, So Wizard, the effing nerds. Cinema Recall called us a podcast I want as my teacher. Boy, Ooh. do you have the right episode this week. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, the podcast universe is interweaving. I saw a current trivia champ, Kev, from the podcast that wouldn't die, appearing on your next favorite movie to talk about his favorite film and one that Liam, I know you hate, Rosemary's Baby. Ugh. Wow. And dreadful. Friend of the podcast? I don't know how to refer to her. Ellie. Hey. Respond by saying this cannot possibly be someone's favorite movie. I refuse to believe it. I refuse <laughs> to believe it too. I, I, favorite's a hard word for me to get on board oh. with. I'll give you that. I didn't mind as much as the two of you did. It made me think and walk away going, okay, I see what's going on here. But for this to be your best of any movie, it's on the post. We got to do it. We got to do it. Can I take a veto that week? (laughs) (laughs) You can can take a a, a clockwork orange. (laughs) That's what we can call it, a clockwork orange. Liam, 
You said when we got, can we watch all oh, of them together? I did, I did. Yeah. You don't yeah. get that option, mate. Uh, Julene, who said, <laughs> I said BFE's name three times and the most recent episode appeared. Thanks, Julene. 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 The one time Ethan's here with a bloody microphone in his hand. <laughs> if there's lag, he's like, I'm in on this. <laughs> yeah. Here in person, he's like, I'm going to sit this one out. Are the guys only supposed to? Jules has already said that she's got a sore throat and can't be doing things like that. Anyway, he gets another chance instantly because we want to thank someone else for all the love, and that's Carlo, low, 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 low. Final note on Alec Baldwin, if I may. I caught someone who I knew in the podcast universe. I won't say who they were, but I saw them, and they were putting out some memes that were making fun of the fact that Alec Baldwin shot and killed someone. Well, he, he pulled the trigger of a gun that shot and killed someone. Yeah, I'm not yeah, usually yeah, a fan yeah. of guns don't kill people, uh, people don't kill people, guns kill people sort of sort of ideologies. But in this case, you don't know it's loaded. So the gun did yeah. kill someone. Uh, so I was just like, I literally went, I'll show myself out and hit the unfret, all that stuff. And I'm like, I don't have time. Because you call, I think you called me a... I believe the exact word was libtard. I'm like, oh, really? Oh, no. This has got nothing to do with the fact that that, that he Not made fun of Trump. Issue, it's got it? nothing no, right? to do with this. I, it's just sort of the idea that someone was given something they were told was safe and it ended up in the tragic loss of someone else's life. Mm. I don't think that's a joke. No, no, I don't no. think that's, I got told people die every day. I'm like, yeah, and you shouldn't make fun of that either. No. So I'm just going. We're, we're not about that. We 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 got asked in yeah. the roundtable. He's kind of looking at me because I'm pointing. I'm getting kind yeah. of into this. But we got asked the roundtable. What are those things that you hate in life? And my thing was unkindness. Unkindness mm-hmm. is absolutely my big hate. And so, yeah. If if you're someone who's for some reason rejoicing because Alec Baldwin pulled a trigger that killed someone. I don't know how to relate. It won't offend me at all if you show yourself to the door at all on this no. one. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. I, I just want to be, I just want to have conversations with people who, who were not unkind. Yes. That's it. I agree. I don't care if you're a Republican, Democrat, I don't care any of that stuff. No. Nope. But just don't be unkind. Yep. I've seen some awful stuff like about it. Some people finding it the, the whole thing funny because the armor had some news come out and they're like, oh, this is so funny. No, it's hor- It's horrific. Yeah. As it's funny because as we become more interconnected with social media, we're actually losing our humanity. Yeah. yeah. And the goal to be funny, be first out there, shock humor. And I was a teenager once. I get shock humor. I, I, I was there. People I'm talking about aren't people who are like 15 and getting it wrong. No. Nope. These people who are like 40, 50 and should know better. Yep. So there we go. Uh, finally, on a positive note, stick around to the end. We're going to go over our Patreon goodness one more time. Ooh, and we got some fresh two. stuff. Not tier two yet. Ooh, tier two next week. More tier tier two next week. We're going to go over tier one Ooh. one more time. So people are clear. I'll tell you what. People have been getting a hold of us, telling us, I'm definitely getting the Patreon. Can't wait to hear the next tier. Da 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 da. And it's been ridiculously encouraging. If you're someone who's reached out and so told us so. that, I was like, wow, that is. Uh, that's great. That's yeah. great. You kind of hope and you think what you have and you put out there has some sort of value where someone might want to get in board. And we've got things that we want to do and goals that we want to do to make the podcast better. And this will help to do that. It's not going to go into the Ethan Kylo Ren fund. <laughs> <laughs> For now. It's not going to go into next year's Halloween costumes. It's going to go into things that can make the pod better and more interactive and all that cool stuff. We got some ideas and a little a little help would, would, would be massive in making those things come true. Wouldn't it be good if we can have our own building? A studio of awesomeness like building yes with studio our big logo awesomeness mark two mark two mark 2.0 yeah. yeah soundproof walls that won't be the first <laughs> to be fair we've lucked out with this because i don't get a lot of bounce back off these walls no i don't know why that's good but we don't 
Good. I think it's because there's like crevices, hollow crevices each side. Yeah, I don't know there, what it so. is. I won't get any of that. So I'm really lucky. I think it's because the three walls are relatively close together in yeah, regards yeah. to the voices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, such as uh, fantasy football. Really quickly, uh, I took a loss <laughs> last week. I won last week. Woo! I, I took a loss to Ellie. My tight end got hurt like two minutes into the game. I was like, "Well, this is it." So, for the record, my first round pick, my second round pick, and my third round pick are all out hurt. Ooh, and I'm in third. That's took, a pretty good situation. I took my only win for the whole season. <laughs> um, Ellie's team. See, Ellie's team. I look at Ellie's team. I look at my team and I go, but teams are pro like about the same level. Yeah. Ellie has no injuries. Oh. She's just had. Not that her team's not drafted well. It is drafted very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's got. The breaks have gone her way. Yeah. And I'm saying it's a long season. <laughs> Remember what happened to her last year all the way to the end. Oh, yeah. So I'm still in it. But I'm playing number four, the effing nerds. We've got a good team as well. We were about 50-50 before we started recording. Uh, Ellie number one is playing Georgia number seven, and Kyler Murray was the negative version of his name. And she's now looking at her update and just it's rolling her as, eyes. No, it's not as bad. It's now 34-66. It was like 12-88. Oh, really? So, okay, so that's good. You're moving in my direction. Yeah, but... And then, Liam, you are playing a, ba- <laughs> a, a battle with the basement dwellers. I am. Ooh, it's 50-50. Okay, you are in 12th. Despite your win, you're still in the basement. Yeah. But you're playing Paul and Griff, who are I next am. man up. So, yeah, maybe you can crawl over them if you beat them this week. <laughs> Come on! And there we go. I've and got so, this. There we go. And so, there's that. So, let's go ahead and uh, segue into the traffic of our two-hour stage um, by doing William, William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, Baz Luhrmann's version of it, the 1996. The only thing I could stomach back in the, the 90s, yeah. anything William Shakespeare. Often shortened as Romeo plus Juliet. It's a 1996 <laughs> romantic crime dr- tragedy film directed, co-produced, and co-written. It's a big claim co-written, co-written by yeah. Baz Luhrmann. Baz if you look Luhrmann. at I'm, I'm going to write one so I can go Ian and William Shakespeare. <laughs> Make sure my name goes on there first. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's co-produced by Gabriella Martinelli and co-written by Craig Pierce as well. It's an adaptation and modernization of William Shakespeare's tragedy. You're not going to believe this. Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> Directed by Baz Luhrmann. How do we feel about Baz Luhrmann? I like Baz Luhrmann. I like Moulin Rouge. That's not the same as saying he's done very. He's not. He has, he's, he's not prolific. No, nope. he's not, I didn't care for Gatsby. I liked it. Oh, I didn't. I really liked it. I, think I did that. Yeah, it's good, but at the same point, I don't rate it as high as like Moulin Rouge. Oh, Moulin Rouge is is, yeah. is the oh, pinnacle. No, it's not. Yeah. But oh, I, do, I do love Baz Luhrmann. Are we all in agreement that, that Moulin Rouge is his best? Oh, God, yeah. 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 Okay, fair enough. I, I just like wondered what I was working with. His first one. Sorry? I like Strictly Ballroom. That's interesting. I've never even heard of this until it's I did the research. It's very low shows. budget. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not what you think. This is, a, this is a second film. Oh. Yeah. It's Strictly Ballroom, then this. Well, well, yeah. what a jump. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I can say. Uh, I think Moulin Rouge works better with his style. He also did Australia. I noticed no one's mentioning that. No. I haven't seen it. Australia. Oh, it's the Hugh Jackman one. one. Never seen that. Hugh Jackman, Nicole Kidman, right? Yeah, never seen it. I asked when we were on. um, Is it like a three hour movie? Let's let's talk about this. I asked them, I said, what's your viewpoint on Australia, the movie? And they were like, yeah, we don't talk about that. Uh, also, there's an there's upcoming Elvis movie the one with Tom Hanks in it. Oh. That's Baz Luhrmann. That's going to be interesting to see that because that feels like it's got to be a bit more grounded. Yeah. yeah. Or is it going to get like the Rocket Man treatment? Oh, I don't. I don't Rocket mind. Man. Don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wonder if Kurt Russell will have a, an appearance in it. Cinematography by Donald M. McAlpine, who we've done stuff with before, I believe. Uh, I don't. I, I should have written down. Oh, I can have it here. Who did Predator? Oh, Parenthood. 
Okay. And I paired it. Nice That's all right. Yeah, yeah. Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, Toodaloo! <laughs> I say, want to do that? You should. I'm, I was waiting for it. <laughs> Moulin Rouge and the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Oh, because oh. he can, can, can. Oh, I I've you, seen one of those. I really liked Lion, the Witch. Sorry, may phrase that. I really wanted to like Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and they they gave it. They went. Sh- they went chintzy on it. I wanted the full like Lord of the Rings treatment for it. Yeah. See, I like the the original one from the nineties. What the um, one with like all like the TV like, made movie oh, ones? Terrible. Oh, I they love made it. the mistake starting with Narnia and not like the magician's nephew, whatever it is. To Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is the. That's the, the problem is that yeah. it's the big one. It is the big one. Yeah. Um, I'd say it's the allegory of Christ, but then we we're, we're doing religion again, and we did that last week. <laughs> uh, music by Nelly Hooper, Marius DeVries, and Craig Armstrong. So a few different peeps got there. So I didn't look up their past stuff. So Baz Luhrmann approached the film along the lines of, if Will Shakespeare was alive today, what kind of film would he have made? Hmm. Hmm. It gives you some experimental freedom. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and then a little known fact that while they were doing the film, which I believe was shot in Mexico, uh, Aldo Signoretti, who was the key hairstylist, was kidnapped by gang members and oh held for a $300 ransom. Wow. <laughs> Only $300? Yeah, <laughs> which Baz probably went, how much? $300,000? Oh, no, no, $300. He's yeah, like, done. He's like, yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> he he paid it. <laughs> so that's that. Little, little, little. See? I'd say fun fact. I'm sure not for 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 the hairstylist. Nice. He was kidnapped by a gang, but you know, only three hundred. Only three hundred dollars. And then was only asked three hundred dollars for back. I'd be like, excuse me, I'm worth more than three hundred dollars. Um. So let's do a deep dive, shall we? Let's start with the soundtrack because this soundtrack is, is amazing. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I've got it on vinyl now. Do you really? Woo, yep. I got two CDs worth of this. Uh, there's the one of the songs. I mean, there's one of like the score underneath mm-hmm. it, which you can get, which is also wonderful. Yeah. So this works on two levels. The score is brilliant, and the selection of songs they've chosen is fantastic. When you listen to this, that makes young hearts run free. It does. <laughs> I feel this podcast, Liam, is going to be you and me always and forever. <laughs> I'm just a love fool. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with the prologue we start with the tv screen and we zoom into it and we're told that this is now going to be the two hours traffic of our stage and we get that song they always play on the x factor when the judges come out tonight very dramatic and then we get the uh, opening sort of um Almost montage mm-hmm. uh narrated over by pete postlethwaite how do you say that postlethwaite Pete Postlethwaite. Yeah, yeah Postlethwaite. <laughs> you can't say it without like a speech impediment. Pete Postlethwaite. Postlethwaite. It's not Postel. It's Postel. Postlethwaite. Postlethwaite. Thwaite. Thwaite? I think it's Thwaite. Postlethwaite. Yeah. Okay. Pete Postlethwaite. Yeah. Got there. <laughs> Feel free to correct me if Find I'm wrong. Find your podcast. That's doing this. that's how I've said this my whole life. Uh, my one caveat is the newspapers show photographs that things are going to be not seen yet. So there's the shot of yeah, Ben yeah. Folio with his gum, which I'm like, that's coming in about eight minutes. Yeah. Uh, we get introduced to all the characters. Uh, I just got a curiosity. Georgia, did you recognize Lord Montague's wife, Romeo's mom? Is she the blonde one or the ginger one? She's the. Oh, she's not the one no. we see most of in the film. No, she no, has no. very small amounts. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, then. No? No. Did anybody recognize her? Nope. No. Really? Nope. It's Ross and Monica's mum from Friends. Is it really? That's Christina oh, Pickles. Oh, <laughs> Which means there's a Friends link, because who else from Friends is in this? Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. There Paul we Rudd. go. Yes. 
So uh, we also meet Verona, and the Jesus statue that dominates Verona was a visual effect. It was actually only two feet high. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I hope Lerman's got that in his office somewhere. I love that. And then we meet the Montague boys. I mean, the boys, the boys. The boys. The boys. Jamie Kennedy. Ah. <laughs> the pink haired Jamie. The Kennedy. bruised eye seen on Samson Montague, Jamie Kennedy, was real. I was going to say that looked real. Jamie mentioned in a reaction video to Romeo and Juliet that he got into a fight at a bar in Mexico City. They were going to cover up the bruise, but Baz Luhrmann liked the look of it and worked it into the character. Well, that works well. That works. Oh, I got some apologies. Like, I'm an English teacher the crap out of this. Fine. For anybody listening, I thought it's so. coming. <laughs> um, petrol <laughs> station fun. <laughs> which is not. Would you. English, not in the actual original script. This was not at a petrol station. No. Oh, I thought you were referencing Zoolander. No, but it's, it's got feelings of it, doesn't it? it? Took seven days to film this. Wow. And I really like this opening sequence, actually. So I really, do I. really do. I do. I think it sets the, the tone of the film, where yeah. it's going to be violent, but a little bit funny. Yeah. Uh, a little bit modern, but still has the energy I of like the original. How that speeds up, slow down. And we're going we're gonna to make it hyper real. We're going to add all sorts of stuff yeah. to, to emphasize. The we're not sec- going for grounded reality here. No. The second Tibalt arrived in this scene, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm for this film <laughs> the entire journey. I strongly dislike this opening. Oh, really? really? Oh. <laughs> Here's a shock. Did, 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 shock, shock, horror. When horror, Ellie shock, left, shock. did she give you her mantle of contrarianness? <laughs> no, but I, I genuinely, I don't mind parts of this film, the parts that are like the, the Romeo and Juliet parts. But when we get, when these bits, the opening bits and the bits with the boys and the bits of the party oh, and all the hyper-realistic, I hate Oh, it. hang on. Is it story or is it the hyper-reality of it? Hyper-reality okay. of it. Hate it. Because you need to, you need this I to see the world it. that Romeo and Juliet are coming yeah. into. The story. Yeah. The conflict. This part of the story yep. of Romeo and Juliet, not, it's, it's actually quite funny. Like with the film, my issue is with the story parts is, is with the hyper-reality. With the story itself, my issues are with Romeo and Juliet. Okay, fair enough. So, <laughs> um... It's got a style. So it does have a. It does have a style. And so I, when, when I first watched it, I was with you. I was one hundred percent with you, Georgia. I hated the hyper real situations of it. As I've aged, I quite like this. Now. Oh, I loved it from the start. Oh, really? Yeah. So like when the Capulets show up, because the Montagues are there and they're just goofy, right? They're like yeah. they're like cat calling after nuns. Yeah. Because who hasn't done that? You know what I mean? They all are though, aren't they? There's a bunch of nuns. Let's yeah. shout at them. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, we see the Capulets drive up. And when they walk, it sounds like spurs as they walk. Mm, I think it's great. Which is great. He's got metal bloody heels. He's on got metal heels, but it's it's a spur. It's yeah, not the yeah, sound yeah. of metal hitting the ground. So there's this cowboy effect to it, right? And so then we have them come out of the convenience store and they go, uh, double bubble toil and trouble. Which is not from Romeo and Juliet. Oh, so that's why he's no. got the writing credit. Yeah, this is why. <laughs> <laughs> do do know we know what it's from? It's from Macbeth. It's from Macbeth. It's the witches. I was going to so say. So he still I, doesn't I, get I the writing credit. That's still <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, if you just take two different things from Shakespeare and put them in a, together, that's like, yep, co-wrote yeah, that. Co-wrote that. <laughs> put <laughs> no, my you name didn't. on it. Uh, I mean, this tells you guns represent swords. Yeah, I think yeah. that's great. And I, I appreciate and it's a that sword, they say nine millimeter, dagger, and long sword on them. I appreciate that. Brilliant. Um, and so they're, trying, they're having this face-off. Benvolio's gone for, I think he's gone to the loo. Yeah. And so the two, you know, Jamie Kennedy and Baldy are there trying to figure it out. And Jamie Kennedy's slightly more verbal, but he's not nearly as brave as Baldy is. Why uh, do they back down when they're supposed to be showing bravado? In which part? 
the monarchies? Why? You oh, because Abra's massive, dude. Like, they're going to lose. <clears throat> oh, okay. So why? Does but they these get- two are clearly comedic characters. The one woman's like hitting him in the head with a shoe. Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? Like these aren't guys who intimidate you. The other guys who go. Because mm, when Ben Volio, yep. When he comes out, yep. they, they become a bit more. There's a bit more because he's also big, any. He? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. He's big. I mean, his character he design made- said, never wear a shirt. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's either got it open or it's just off. Because the Tibble, majority of the film. Tibble is not big. <laughs> no, Tibble's not a big dude. No, but Abra is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Abra's having a face off with Samson, Jamie Kennedy's character. Yeah, yeah. And so he sort of gets close and he goes, boo, and knocks him out, which I believe is actually quite at, you know, the idea of it. You go, yeah, boo, yeah, and they yeah. go, ha ha. That's from the script. But then he goes, I'm going to bite my thumb at him, which is insult if they bear it. And yeah, so he yeah. does the bite. And Abra notices, and Jamie Kennedy hadn't thought this far through. What no. am I going to do when he sees the bite? And it's like, great. Do you bite your thumb at us, sir? No, I do bite my thumb, but I do not bite my thumb at you. Yeah, do you yeah. bite your thumb at us, sir? And then Benvolio comes out. It's so like, yes, we can man up now. And we're like, yeah, we'll fight you. And then all the, uh, and Benvolio's got no interest in fighting. No. Nope. None. His whole job here is he's the peacemaker. All he wants to do is keep the peace because he gets it. He's a bit of an old soul. Mm-hmm. And then his... So he comes and says that, and you're thinking, here comes the captain who will match him in this viewpoint, and we don't. We match him with his perfect foil, which is Tybalt. And Tybalt, he says to, Revolution says to Tybalt, you know, I, I do but keep the peace. Help me part these men. And mm-hmm. he just goes, peace. And Leguizamo is very good in this. Oh, so I love good. John Leguizamo and a lot of stuff. Yeah. Peace. I hate the word. As I hate hell, all Montagues and thee. And right there's this little kid going, bang, 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 bang. <laughs> to which point, Tibble just flat out grabs his gun, spins, points at his head, and goes, bang. <laughs> and the kid's a bit scared. The mom takes it fairly in stride, and off they go. That kid is still having counseling. <laughs> <laughs> they probably should have told him that, that Leguizamo was going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brilliantly written scene by Shakespeare. Horrendously shot by Bats Lerzeman. Lerman. 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 Lerman, I know, yeah, yeah. I, I, okay. I slipped. But, okay, so what was what was shot incorrectly about it? Just the whole aesthetic and everything of that scene, I just really don't like oh, it. I it, love it. But it gets quiet, and you can yeah. hear, like, the, the, the sign for the yeah. for the petrol station, like, going back and forth. I think it's great. It's, it's, not the, it's not the little bits. Those little bits are great. It's the, it's the scene as a whole. Okay. I, just, I like the I, scene. That, and they're, all their costuming. I hate the idea that Verona Beach is some sort of, like, um, Grand Theft Auto like beach where they're all just I, I just hate it well, but, really but it's a story of two gangs isn't it yeah yeah but they just look like and it's easy to define who's who oh no it's not Georgia, I really struggle with who's Ge- on which side Georgia the one group's white and the one group's Hispanic <laughs> <laughs> you literally don't see color. <laughs> I really love the subversion of it. Though. It really is easy to tell them apart. <laughs> okay, I could not tell them. Apart. The Montagues are pretty white. Yeah. I, apparently, I genuinely don't see color when in that situation in a film because. I, I couldn't tell them apart. Okay. Uh, Shakespeare describes Tybalt's swordsmanship as showy, but to transform this into flamboyant gunplay, Leguizamo worked with the choreographer, John O'Connell, to create a flamenco-inspired style. Oh, okay. So that's why he that was so full sense. of spins. Yeah. Now, every time he spun, George, I'm sure, hated this. We got... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, every time he made this... And it was all... Oh, I'm, yeah. See, it was very it was, good. I thought it was more bullfighting. Yeah, like flamenco as a dance yeah. style. Isn't that supposed to be reminiscent of, oh, of, gun, is, uh, yeah, of, of yeah. bullfighting? Oh, okay. I think it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
So there we go. All the way wow. back to the original the source. Yeah. That's, why, the bull. that's why I love the whole scene, because it's such a subversion of what I expect from like Shakespeare. Some of my favourite RSC shows have been when they modernise it. I saw Othello where it was like set in like the modern era and it's like Othello and Iago having rap battle type stuff. And I love that subversion where everyone's like modern, but they speak in Shakespearean prose. I love it. All right. Here's my question for you, because you said you hated the way it was shot. So when they go peace, I hate the word. Like we're getting extreme close-ups of Benvolio, but an extreme close-up on the eyes of, sorry, from, from, from on the eyes of Benvolio to on the eyes of Tybalt and then like on the heels and all that sort of stuff. You didn't like that? It makes me feel ill. Oh, I love it. I, I, I love diff- it. That opening sequence, there's so many shots of heels. Heels, moves, yeah. The camera moves a, a touch too quickly for me to be able to process it. Okay. And therefore, it makes me feel ill because I can't follow it. If that had been sped up all the way through, yeah, I'd agree. But yeah. I like how it's sped up, slowed down. I agree. I agree, but I, I do. At one point in my life, I was exactly it, where Georgia is. So that, I do understand it. Gave it. that energy to the scene. But I understand. I felt this way before I know as much as I do now. And now I think I appreciate it. So I'm surprised. I'm surprised Georgia's still hating on it so much. Yeah. No, I appreciate the elements that are done on purpose. I just don't like it as a whole. Okay. Uh, Jamie Kennedy thinks he's seen Ghostface and drives off. <laughs> Had to. Taking the petrol lead with him, and it causes the petrol station to go up in flames because Tibble drops his match. Yeah, which is irresponsible add, thing to do. Add more fuel to your fire. Right? <laughs> the scorer turns that. Tonight, one of these people will win. X Factor. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is where my sister and I used to have a joke because this is the point where, um, uh, Lord Cap, Lord Montague, Brian Dennehy, mm-hmm. Toby Belch from 12th Night, yeah, mm-hmm. looks at his wife and says, give me my long sword, ho. And we're like, that's not a nice thing to say about your wife. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, ho means hurry up. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, this is where Prince shows up and says, on pain of death, throw your mistempered weapons to the ground. It's that great slow-mo shot of them just dropping I their guns. It is great. It builds to it. I love it. Yeah. We go to Prince's office. There's a two shot with the families and there is far to the side. Like parts of Montague and Capital are a little bit cut off to keep that and all this empty space between them. Mm. Love it. Brilliant. As we find out again, there's a piece is disturbed then Montague and or Capulet will die for it. Yep. Yep. And he yeah, means business. You'd think that would be enough of a threat for them to like well, not have the rest of the film happen. But there is something in this, and so we can. Uh, I'll bring it up in a second. But um, you know, we go to the limo and we meet Lord Montague, played by Brian Dennehy, who I think is an absolute legend. Love him, incredible. Short Circuit one and two, I think. Uh, uh Cocoon, Cocoon, Cocoon one and two. Yeah, I love Brian Dennehy and yeah. everything. He's great. It's, it's Toby Belch. Oh, what was he in? Um, Mama Montague's glad Romeo wasn't there. Daddy says that he spends all his nights crying. He's such a girl. Um, and he makes himself into an artificial knight. And this is like the first of like a million references to Romeo and nighttime. Nighttime, darkness, the moon, they're all the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stars. Stars, yeah. They, they, they all kind of go down that road. Um, and then we meet Romeo, who gets like the greatest reveal shot ever. Brilliant. He's sitting on this like bandstand. I like it. Holding the cigarette. And just, look, I'm not a fan of smoking, but he looks cool. He did look cool. And like the sun is coming up. It, the sun is rising. <sighs> the water's shimmering. It's backlighting him. So it looks like an angel or a creature from another planet. It's oh, It's yeah. amazing. I love all these scenes with that. For the promotion of her memoir titled This Much is True, British actress Miriam Margolies, who plays hey. the nurse, 
released uh, Frida quote commercial excerpts from her, including her one on one on her experience with Leonardo DiCaprio, which she wrote. Leonardo has become an extremely fine actor, or has grown into an extremely fine actor. Back then, he was just a handsome boy who didn't wash. He was quite smelly in that very male way some young men are. Sometimes he wore a dress. Leonardo, I think you're gay, I said. He laughed and said, no, Miriam, I'm really not gay. But I was wrong. We filmed (laughs) in Mexico City, paradise for someone like me who loves fossicking around flea markets and antique shops. And like me, Leonardo was into bling in a big way, too. We spent hours going to the markets together. I don't know that I've ever had such fun. I just want like this. I I want like a a documentary on the two of them going shopping. (laughs) This reality show I want to see. Miriam Magalhães is such a treasure. She she rocks this movie. Yeah, she's great. And what's this about? We haven't got to it yet. What's this about Leo in a dress? <laughs> Don't know. First, I'd heard of it. Yeah, same. Um, but we talk about the introduction shot as you scroll some poetry and Benvolio and Romeo chat. Is Benvolio not like discount Channing Tatum? Yeah, no, like the, he, like five years. Like if this was made ten years later, yeah, yeah, he'd yeah. be in that role he without question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Romeo lectures Benvolio about the fight. He goes, "Oh, what happened here?" And I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, Benvolio, stand up for you. You tried as hard as you could to stop that fight from happening. Yeah, he did. Yep." Oh. But he wasn't there, was he? But they go into the pool hall, and the pool hall is called the Globe Theater. And then we have a fake hero intro, and it's like this, like really, like like dorky kind of hero music. And we get to see Bachelor of the Year on the cover of Timely magazine. <laughs> that was very timely. Paul Rudd as Paris, Dave Paris. Um, a quick interesting side note on Paul Rudd's last day of the shoot he and Leo were on their way to a bar to celebrate when Leo casually mentioned he'd been considered for the lead in a studio film called Titanic <laughs> being an expert on the sh- on the ship's history thanks to his dad Paul urged Leo to jump at the offer and Leo, uh, Paul went for it as well actually oh, yeah. we talked about this in our Titanic episode I didn't yeah. know he was going to jump ship <laughs> <laughs> well I'll tell you what he wants to marry Juliet he does and this is where Lord Capulet goes. He starts by saying, I do not think it'll be difficult for men as old as myself and Lord Montague to keep the peace. And there's a theme in this that with age comes wisdom and with age comes temperance. And with youth comes all the feelings that you feel all the time, all the way up to 11. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the themes of the film, uh, and which, which you know, Baz Luhrmann will claim he co-wrote. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I might say it's also one of the themes of the play, which, which we can credit, I think, to Shakespeare. Tybalt is very, very... Not Tybalt. Sorry? I'm talking about Paris here. Oh, Paris. Oh, but Tybalt is full of his energy. Yeah, we see that in Tybalt. The violent side comes out in Tybalt. The the I love everyone comes out with with, with, with Romeo. Mm -hmm. And Mercutio's just, which we'll get to, he's just mad, isn't he? Mercutio's brilliant. He is, but he's also like manic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so um, he says, let two more summers wither in their pride. This is Lord Capulet, ere we think her ripe to be a bride, meaning Juliet's not ready yet. She's young. Now, in, in the actual play, she's 13. 13. Really? Yeah. So she, my, my daughter's not yet seen the change of 14 years or 14 summers. 14 years. How old's Romeo in this then? Uh, Romeo, I believe in the play, is 17. Oh, oh no. Well, in Verona at the time. Oh, yes. Still. Well, I don't know what now, to say. Now, I mean, now it's oh no. Now, now it's oh no. Yeah. Yes. When you teach it, they all go, oh, Leah, Romeo's there. I'm like, no, he's, I hear you, yeah, yeah. but he's not. Not in the con. So, of course, what do you do here? You age them up because you, you couldn't have yeah. that. There's no, no way. That's, that's true, yeah. Now, Paris is supposed to be in his, like, mid-20s. Oh. Now, before, again, not great either, okay? 
Did you pay attention to how much older than Lady Capulet, Lord Capulet is? Mm-hmm. It's a big old gap. Oh, okay. So that's a running theme of. So I haven't told Ethan this, but there's some parts of the age game I'm going to give away. So you might want to be looking. <laughs> oh, no. You might want to be looking at some of the older actors on this one, because <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know exactly what I've got here. Um, and so he also says in Paris, though, when he hears about two more summers, because wither, everything her ripe, ripe, like like fruit. Like if you have it too early, it's ruined. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think that's kind of the message being said here. And it rhymes and rhyming shows love. In this case, paternal love. He really cares for his daughter because at this point you married your daughters off young. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. Yeah. For her security. Because you couldn't give any possessions to women. Is this why he gets so angry near the end? Uh, yes, and I think, but we have to get there. So let okay. me get there. That's oh, why, I understand that. Yeah, because he's the exception to the rule. And I think that's why he has to be such a good guy here. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that when he turns into a traditional father later, yeah. you go, you're a jerk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I felt. Because if, if you don't have this here, you yeah, might go, oh, it's just the way it is back then, isn't it? Okay, yeah. So, and then he goes, Paris goes, well, younger than she are happy mothers made. I'm like, that's not the greatest line, man. (laughs) And he goes, too soon marred are those so early made. And marred, of course, means ruined. Yeah. So he's saying, let's not ruin Juliet. Let's not ruin her by marrying her off too young. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Words that I wish he'd remembered later in the play. (laughs) (laughs) But there's a reason, I think, for why that's the case. So we go back to the pool hall, and we find out that Rosaline won't sleep with Romeo. And in case you missed it, someone's writing Rosaline on the board <laughs> and putting, like, an arrow through it to sort of express this. Is it Rosaline or Rosaline? Ros- you see both Rosalind with an D on the end and Rosaline with an E on the end. Those are both used sort of interchangeably, oh, okay. as are Lawrence L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E and yeah, L-A-U-R-E-N-C-E. Yeah. You see both of those as well oh, okay. in different texts. Yeah. Um, and so he, Romeo's pouting because she won't put out for him. <laughs> uh, and while that's going on, they see a news report talking about a party at Capulet's house. We had an argument, Liam. We thought maybe it was Annette Benning. We thought yeah. maybe it was Catherine O'Hara. It's neither. Oh. It's some other woman altogether. Oh. Oh. I didn't, I didn't oh. bother keeping her name up, but yeah. I would have put money that was Annette Benning. Yeah. No, no. Seriously. You're not wrong. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's who she was channeling. <laughs> <laughs> and so this tells us this is a party at the capulet house and then we meet lady capulet played by is it diane verona yep yep yeah uh which Romain. a great a great name for being in romeo and juliet diane verona diane um, or diana 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 verona diana. might have been diana i'm not sure diana, not sure diana verona i think it's well diane's right. just a short form of diana isn't it? yeah yeah diane and verona die verona um and we meet lady capulet and georgia if you're like me because you didn't like the parts that were hyper real when i was a kid i was a kid i first saw this so i'd have been like i don't know 60 because it's 25th anniversary if we haven't mentioned it yet 25th anniversary that's why we're doing it yeah um i couldn't stand the scene because it's so much time lapse yeah, but again, so much like no, no, I have a time now. Yeah, I'm okay yeah. with it because I think it represents her character. She's zooming through; she, everything's yeah, quick. Yeah, Make decisions quickly. Come on, you know, it gives it pace. It gives it energy. It gives it yeah. Rah. And they're getting ready for a costume party. She's going to go as I look like Cleopatra. I yeah, think so. Yeah, it's Cleopatra. Uh, we Coming see her you. get completely changed. She looks very phony, very aesthetic, very plastic in this regard. Mm-hmm. Clearly, doesn't understand her daughter. She sends the nurse away and then is terrified of the thought of being alone with her, her daughter for two seconds. <laughs> and then goes, nurse, you must leave. He goes, oh, nurse, I've just remembered. You, 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 you hear our counsel and brings her in. And so we have two women and the woman who, you know, is technically Juliet's mother and the woman with whom she has the maternal relationship with yeah, yeah, yeah. in the nurse. And she goes on about how Paris wants to. Now, keep in mind, Lord Cap has just said no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Lady Cap is like, 
So what do you think? And goes through all these things. They say he's a, a man of wax. They say that uh, this uh, he's he's like a book, and he only lacks a cover. <laughs> and <laughs> and then after all this, she goes, "Speak briefly. Can you like of Paris's love?" No, no. She's gone on for like in, in the in the play like four pages, mm-hmm. and he goes, "Speak briefly," as in make it quick. Yes, Will you marry him? Yeah, yeah, basically, isn't it? <laughs> and, 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 and Juliet does what she's supposed to do. She says, you know, I'll, 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 I'll give him a look. Yeah, I'll, I'll but, consider it. But she says, no more will I dart mine eye than your consent gives it strength to fly or something like that, which means I will be a good daughter. If you say this is who I'm supposed to be with, yeah. I, I, I will be with him. Oh. So she spoke briefly. She did. <laughs> and then at which point, rather than go, cool, Lady Cabot just goes, ugh, <laughs> like storms out in, in time lapse. Yeah. She goes speeding out of the room. And Ju- there's a great close-up on Juliet kind of looking off in the middle distance, thinking about her future, right? Thinking about maybe marriage and all these things for the first time maybe in her life. And then from out of the shot, we don't cut, but from out of the shot comes the nurse who whispers in her ear, go, girl, seek happy nights to happy days. Happy nights. Monday, Tuesday, happy, happy days. days. <laughs> so, and... I've heard that a lot recently on who's, the radio. Who's who's referred to often with with like evening imagery? Romeo, Romeo, because yeah, he comes as a knight, doesn't he? Well, that's a, actually I hadn't even thought about that, but he does come as a knight. K n i g h t. Had not considered this. <laughs> oh, I thought that was going to be like your number one thing later on. No, no. Yeah. That's like the one thing I appreciate about the fact really? that he comes as a knight. All right, fair enough. Yeah, had not realized that. There we go. Yeah. Oh dear. No, it's just one of those things that, of course, the, the the students like to go on about things in the film that you can't really justify in the text. Yeah, yeah. And my favorite one's coming up. But yeah, something like, and he was wearing a knight's costume. No, no, Shakespeare never actually wrote about the knight's costume. <laughs> it's just a party. It's no guarantee it's uh, anything else. Uh, and then uh, we should talk a little bit about Juliet, played by Claire Danes. Uh, one of the first to be considered was Natalie Portman. Oh, even flown to director Baz Luhrmann's hometown of Sydney to film scenes with Leo, but uh, they couldn't quite visualize. Uh, sorry, the film scenes with Leo when 20th Century Fox couldn't quite visualize Luhrmann's off the wall concept. Luhrmann says, although she's a fantastic young actor, mm. she's a tiny girl and Leonardo's six feet tall. He's 21, but he can look 18. She made him look all of 21 and it became obscene. Oh, so it looked like too much of an age gap, yeah, and they yeah, went. Yeah, we yeah. couldn't get away with it. So someone who's directed a play once. I went. I I got to go with this person. This person that just looks better than that person and that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, it's too big of an age gap, and it looks creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So um, we get told. Uh, and Vanalia Portman said it just looked like Leonardo was taking advantage of me. I'm, I'm, I'm changing a word there. Okay. Uh, when we kissed, uh, it was really disappointing, but I wouldn't have wanted to be in the movie and have it look wrong. If I was in the film, I would want it to be perfect. And that's bad enough. Consider Paul Rudd's 26 and how that would have looked if she looked like a young 18. Yes. So it's really delicate getting those sort of things right, correct. Yeah. I, I never thought Rudd was... I didn't turn on him thinking he was that guy. Well, no, because there's nothing for him to turn, no. turn on. No. So, that, yeah. So, uh, Leo fought for Claire Danes to win the role of Juliet after she impressed him with her line delivery and the fact she was the only one to look him straight in the eye. 
Because oh. at this point, like Leo's like the most gorgeous man who ever lived. <laughs> he was back then, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he was. Between this and Titanic, where like his yeah. pre-mole rat years, they as George might say. focusing on his eyes, don't they, in films? Yeah, and that hair, that, and that like, hair. wispy hair. Yeah. It's almost like he's like an anime character with that hair. He is. He's right. <laughs> um, and so Claire Danes and Leo, though, initially did not get along well on set. Danes accused Leo of being immature, while DiCaprio said Danes was just uptight. <laughs> <laughs> More from Miriam Margoyles and her, uh, yeah. her her little story. She said, I like Leo tremendously and admired his work, but luckily I was immune from his groin charms. <laughs> Unlike poor Claire Danes, oh, then wow. only 17. It was obvious to all of us she was really in love with her Romeo, but Leonardo wasn't in love with her. Oh. She wasn't his type at all. And if you see like Leo, he's gone for like supermodels his he's whole a, life, yes, hasn't yes, he? Yeah. And Claire Danes is very much like girl next door kind of kind yeah. of look. Yeah. Uh, he didn't know how to cope with her evident uh, infatuation. He wasn't sensitive to her feelings, was dismissive of her, and could be quite nasty in his keenness to get away. While Claire was utterly sincere and so open, it was oh, painful to watch. I love her more. This might make it even better. Ready for this? Go Many on. years later, she says, I was in a restaurant and Claire came up to me and said, we worked together on a film once. I don't know if you remember me. My name is Claire Danes. Oh. She says it was the opposite of the arrogant behavior of some stars and so typical of her. Oh, I want to cry. Maybe best human being in the film. How about that? Yeah. Claire Danes wears a wig throughout the movie. Oh. I would have thought that was her real hair. Yeah. Yep. Especially because there's parts where it. There's, there's issues with hair continuity. Yep. So if it's a wig, then there's no reason why there should be hair continuity. Maybe not, Errors. but she also had a special aquatic wig, or aquatic, as you might say in this country, for uh, her underwater what, scenes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they didn't style that one correctly then, because that's where it changes. Is it? Well, that's how it's a different wig, yeah. So, And then there's a lot of introductions here, because it's, it's a heck of a cast. We meet Mercutio, played by Harold Perrineau. Brilliant. If you're like me, you know him as Michael from Lost. Not seen it. Oh, no? Some people know him from The Matrix as well. Uh, I think he was in Matrix 2 and 3 I don't, I don't know I've never seen Matrix What? I know Jeez I'm planning brilliant. to for the new one Jeez Follow the White Rabbit Yeah Um. I'll tell you what Mercutio I've got about four different people here He's so bloody good in this So brilliant Yeah He's my favourite well, well, oh, come geez. on This is where we get young hearts Run free. Because they're getting ready to go to the party aren't they? Never get hung up Why is Mercutio because how was he in relation to them? Because he seemed to be... Romeo is a Capulets. friend of Mercutio. Sorry, Mercutio is a friend of Romeo's. Yeah. Mercutio, as it turns out, is also a relative of Prince. Uh, the, the, the the guy who's... The police chief. The policeman. Police, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Because he's, he's, at the end, he'll say, we, we, we have all lost a kinsman. That, that's who he's referring to. Ah. Uh, so, but he's clearly... He's in the middle, but he is... He is like... If he, 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 he had to choose... Well, he's never on team. He's not on team Capulet. No, he's not. But he, but he must be somehow to get into the party. Yeah. So he gets in. Yeah. He's not a Montague. No. So he is independent of that. Yeah, but yeah. he's friends with Montagues. But he's more Montague than Capulet. Yeah. If it forced yeah. to choose, which we see over and we, over we again. Do. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. chooses Cap. Uh, sorry, Montague. Montague yeah. yeah. Um, Romeo's like, I can't go dancing. My shoes are full of lead. And this is where Romeo uses the word love and then uses like negative things. It pricks like thorn. It's law love, love hurts. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then they talk about dreaming and it's part of what Romeo and Juliet, I've never made really figured out or, or cared about is the Queen Mab speech. Oh, uh, 
which is the speech uh, he's trying to get him to t- take the drug and he goes yeah. nuts and they oh, have to like yeah. and he starts like firing his gun in the air and shouting at the ocean and you're like uh, he's having an what, episode what are you doing i just think he's just on drugs <laughs> well he literally hands him what i assume is like a tab of acid oh that's like lsd yeah. or something oh, yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Um, of course it's got a love heart with an arrow through it on yeah. it. and he's luring him into it isn't he <laughs> yeah he rages against the elements he had the production team ready to say when i do this hit the firework <laughs> and they did that and romeo says that my mind is fearful of some consequence yet hanging in the stars and we get this like motion of romeo walking down this uh this church that's been lit up at night with crosses that feels like it's ominous mm. and then romeo goes oh well he who have the steerage of my course direct my sail, as in like I'm not in control of the boat of my yeah, own yeah, life. Yeah. This is the big thing with Romeo and Juliet. Is it fate or is it free will? And Romeo's going to keep telling you, oh, it's fate, man. Fate hates me. And I'm going, no, this is all free will. If you had done one thing differently the whole film, when you sit there and go, I think if I go to the party, I might die. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. it's up to fate. No, no, no. You got a pretty good idea there. Just yeah, go home. Go. Yeah, don't go. And this is the brilliance of the prologue, which we didn't talk enough really about at the start, where they say a pair of star-crossed lovers take their life. It tells us right at the start, they're going to die. Yeah. And then they make you watch. And there's so many it's opportunities. Tanky. You're like, come on, do something different. Yeah. And if done well, if done well, you have these moments. Revenge of the Sith. You have these moments where you're like, come on, don't do not do this. He has the high ground. Don't do it. <laughs> and you sit there and you go, I know how this ends, but maybe oh, no. I can will it to be different this time. Because I was screaming at the TV. At one point you were. I have oh, that in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> so Romeo takes the drugs. He says the drugs are quick. And then we get the reprise of Young Hearts. But it's awesome. It is yeah. awesome. It's Mercutio flanked on the middle of his double staircase with all sorts wig. of people. Bigger wig. He's, he's like he's got like white because uh, he, he's we didn't mention he's in like women's under like a corset. He yeah, looks like little Nas X if you know who that is. No, yeah, but I'll, I'll take you on that. Yeah, he looks amazing. <laughs> and so now it's white and 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 Mercutio's being played by, by a black actor. Yeah. So it looks it looks sensational. It does. And he's got the big is it the, is it the eyelashes and he's got like the whole like thing with the fingers back and forth. Oh, he's so, brilliant. He's another one who's just going I'm in. I'm yeah. in 100%. All in. Yeah. And like no other version like you want to look and see how is this different from like anybody else's Romeo and Juliet this scene. Yeah. And Romeo's tripping huge and we've got like uh Lord Captain who thinks he's Julius Caesar. <laughs> yeah. And he's going like amore 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 and we see Tybalt's like making out with Lady Capulet. Yeah. But we see Lord Capulet's like making out with like any girl who will come near him. Yeah. So and we didn't talk enough about Lord Cap played by Paul Servino. Yeah. Who was the big mob boss in Goodfellas. Yeah. Which if I'd known that the first time I saw this, that adds so much. If you think of him as like a mob boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's another you know that that, that you don't go against the family. <laughs> right? A kneecap you. Almost like you're Vin Diesel, the family. <laughs> um and so, um, and then the, the, the film sort of borrows Spike Lee's double dolly zoom because Romeo stays like constant, but everything else like spins around him. Yeah. So what I think happens is you put Romeo and you put the camera both on a platform and you move them around. So it looks like everything else is swirling, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is like a really trippy, trippy feel to it. I don't really care about cinematography. Like if I was to make my own film. I think it'd be like distances, but movement and things like this. I never would think of this. I'm a, I appreciate it when I see someone actually pull this off really, really well. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and then uh, <laughs> this is, I said there was one thing that I really hate when my students talk about in their essays. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Romeo and Juliet meeting in the toilets. <laughs> <laughs> the toilets that have got a shared wall that is a fish tank. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. it is. Yeah. That, that <laughs> blows my mind. So a uh, cinematographer, Daniel McCall, and the whole time we get that whole, and I'm kissing you. <laughs> but it's a great theme. It just gets sort of stuck in your head. It kind of just brings you in, doesn't it? Yeah. It and it's, it and then when, when, the as builds. they're sort of looking through, and because Romeo's tripping, so he's like washing his face and trying to clear his head. And then he sees through the, the fish tank, sort of Juliet on the other side, and they're sort of, and, and the fish act like a, like a natural wall. For them seeing just sort of, it's this very romantic little do I see you? Oh there you are, or oh, there you oh, there you are again. It's very well lit as well. It is it's funny you say that. Because they had all sorts of problems getting this to be lit right. Oh really? Because the reflections of the water so and the glass of a really tank difficult. were almost impossible without causing all sorts of unwanted reflections. Oh. So I was gonna say I really like the reflections because the way that it is, it looks as if they're both on the same side up yeah. so they're looking through and But the problem is the like, minute you add light yeah. to any sort of glass mm. Especially with water in it. And you've, mm. and, and you've got to light a scene you know yeah. what i mean so what they did was they inserted a couple of fluorescent tubes into the tank just out of the eye line of the camera and turned every of her light off that is just that. so the tank lights the set not yes. the other way around yes 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 i love that so that was really cool um juliet is removed from the <laughs> by the nurse to meet paris for a dance uh, as this happens, Tybalt sees Romeo and goes into that like aggressive, I want to fight you, because to be masculine means to fight. Fight, mm. fight, fight. I'm going to fight for my family's honor. Why? Because we can. He says, I hold it not a sin. Well, thank you, Tybalt, for deciding what's right and what's wrong for mm-hmm. us all. <laughs> um, and he's even wearing devil horns as he says this. I love how... Um, and who's dressed as an angel? Juliet, Juliet. is. How, uh, I did notice that. Lord Capulet, is it? Yes. I love how he he, he switches... Well, Capula, first, a little bit from the play, which I'll talk about, is he goes, uh, he shall be, uh, because he goes, I, we, we shall not endure this. And he goes, he shall be endured. Mm. And in the play, he says that Romeo is well regarded as 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 a decent young man say, around they, Verona. not really got any issue with Romeo. In, in, in the play, he explicitly surname. says, yeah. Romeo's great, yeah, yeah. which is the tragic irony is that maybe it wasn't as closed a door as it might have been. Oh, okay. And you're like, because he actually likes Romeo yeah. and goes, Romeo's got a good, because Romeo's never fighting. No, true. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- there's that. And then he turns and he, so we find out what happens when you go against Lord Capulet's say so. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah, he yeah. turns. He turns like a, in the, in the play, he calls him a saucy boy. And then Tibble, he backs down. That's the first time you oh, see him back down. He, Tibble's also small. Yeah, yeah, Which is yeah. part of why I think he's so aggressive, at least in Baz Luhrmann's version. Yeah. Because there's Small a thing about syndrome. little man syndrome, right? Yeah. Needing, to, needing to prove to everybody how tough you really are. But that's the first time you see him back down. Well, he has to. Oh, I know. Yeah. But, but, but it's the first time you see it. Yeah. But he's just making make mutiny amongst my guests. Like, he flat out, like, yeah, humiliates yeah. him. Yeah. If anybody's watching, like, he's done putting his place. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Paul Rudd wins the scene because he's, he's so dancing funny. with Juliet and... <laughs> Again, plays it to a 10, and he's great. It's the faces he's making. Like, this whole, like, smile of, oh, I'm having such a great time. As we're here. So over and stairs and Romeo. He's in love with himself more, these, yeah. more than he is Juliet, Kissing you. You know what this is? And that's this what makes is, it um, it's a bit slimy. Wow. You, know, you know the role he plays in Parks and Recreation? <laughs> yeah. I wish we had this on YouTube. <laughs> I wish we could see that. 
Hey, we, we, we could have a camera on one day. Patreon, you never yeah, know. We might do. Know, yeah. I don't think I'll release the video onto YouTube, but we, we can have it out there for people you to see it. haven't heard the perks of Tier 2 yet. You haven't heard the perks of Tier 2? Just saying. Um, sorry, are you talking about Paul Rudd and, yeah. and Parks and Rec? You know the character he plays in Parks and Rec, where it's like... He's um, like the heir of the candy fortune. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. very it's, similar, it's actually. The, it's the exact same yeah. role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're not wrong, wrong actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Look at yeah. that. So uh, he is great, and even the bits when like the streamers go off and he looks back towards Juliet, but Juliet's represented by the camera, so it's a point of view shot. Mm-hmm. And so you see Paul Rudd being all like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> "Isn't this great?" <laughs> Paul Rudd is great. Paul Rudd is great. Romeo goes, he sees Juliet and goes, "Did my heart love till now?" And I'm like, "It's been yes. two minutes, mate." Yes, your heart has loved till now. We spent the first 25 minutes of this Rosalind. film listening to you talking about Rosaline, yeah, like nonstop. I never saw true beauty till this night. You're wrong. Shut up, Romeo. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm very Let anti-Romeo when I, when I, when I teach away. the play. Yeah. Romeo is the indie guy who has like a guitar and every couple of weeks yeah, he, he, finds new girl. Yeah. Yeah. he finds a new girl to write a song That's exactly about. it. Uh, Romeo steals away Juliet from Paris and Lady Capulet and calls her a shrine. And that's where we start to see holy language being used a lot. Like, oh, you're a shrine and this, you're a temple stuff, yeah. and holy palmer's kiss. Now, like, you know, blasphemy is a big stinking deal in like Elizabethan times. Like, basically, it's like, it's like, I dare God himself to smite us. <laughs> this on. could, for, for a guy who, like, what when he went to the party, go wrong? for a guy who went to the party was like, I think I might die if I go here. Now he's like the other way. He's like, a ten, he's like I challenge God himself to strike me down. I, he's kind of like Luke, like shouting yeah, at God. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like how, um, Lieutenant Dan in thingy. Yeah. I like how, um, in the film, he's chasing her. And yet in real life, she was chasing him. Who, Juliet? Yeah. Claire Danes was chasing him. Oh, sorry, know. sorry. Yeah, Claire yeah, Danes yeah. was chasing Yeah, yeah. You know, and he didn't want anything to do with it, but in the film, he's chasing he's her. He's chasing her. Um, so they have this uh, great bit where they run away to the lift, and they kiss in the lift. And while they kiss, we get this great swirling shot, which feels like it's too well done for a lift or an elevator of a size that they're in. Yeah. There's a reason for that. Roman and Juliet's first kiss, which takes place in a cramped lift with the camera dizzyingly swirling around them, was achieved by making the lift into sections, putting the camera then on a circular dolly or track. As it spun, stagehands would lift and very hurriedly replace the lift panels to accommodate the bulky <laughs> camera equipment. Wow. So what I want to see is I want to see a <laughs> shot of that happening. Long shot. Yeah, yeah. I want to see I want to see that. Wow. That would be great, wouldn't I it? Would I always it. love when they do that with camera tricks. There's, I can't remember, it's some... Practical effects, man. Yeah, it's some brilliant. film from the 40s where it makes looks as if the guy's like dancing on the on the ceiling as it goes on, and you see like the actual one, and it's just a big cube just like slowly move. I love that yeah, stuff. Yeah. So, so cool. People who can think about those sort of things and go, yeah, I know how we can do this. Yeah. Like the ride hex at Alton Towers. Yes. yes. Sure. <laughs> it's mind-boggling. For like it? the 84% of our audience who don't are from the UK. It's so good, though. Liam is is going, yeah, yeah. It is. It it, it throws you. (laughs) Um, And she tells him, you kiss by the book. Who else was told about a book who needed a cover? We were told that was Paris. But now she tells Romeo, you kiss by the book. It's also more biblical language, isn't it? Um, The book. Is it the the book? Maybe. I think so. Because they're all of the... As someone who does it professionally, I don't know. To be fair, there's a lot of um, crosses. My... There's a lot of. Uh, I have looked into it. I mean, yeah, yeah. things aren't there. Symbolism of well, visually, yeah, yeah from yeah, what yeah. Lerman's put in place. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if the Bible's like a you kiss. Yeah, those good biblical instructions on how to kiss. <laughs> You've clearly got that figured out. 
Well, no, I think it's because they obviously referred to like the different the palms and the palms and all these different things. Yeah, she's not as she does do some of it, but he's way pushing the the she's, blasphemy card I think more that's than he her is. Answering her him uh, with that, going, "Okay, yeah, you know what you're doing." Um, the nurse then steals her away again. Romeo follows her until he sees her with Lady Capulet in Paris. The exact same two people he saw her with when he stole her away earlier. Yeah. And at this point, the music goes like all oh, like minor key and like Wah. And he goes, he whispers to the camera, "Is she a Capulet?" <laughs> yeah, Which does. we slow down ever so slightly to get the effect. And it's like, no shit, Romeo. Yeah, like dude, like you were like running away from like her. The mother who you're seeing now, yeah. you knew who she was when you were running away from her. Oh. What is this? Yeah. Also, they know, he knows that he's at the Capulet house. Yeah. Odds are every woman you meet is probably going to be a Capulet. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Like, or at least relative or friend of. But at this point, then, Juliet's being told by the nurse, he's a Montague. <laughs> and he's the... Uh, I would not have thought that she was a British actor, actress. Did you know? No, she... No, why would I? I haven't seen anything else. Oh, uh, okay. She nails this. Like, she I was, thought she was legitimately... I hate that accent. Mexican or Hispanic or something. I don't know. I think she I was really in a kid's show. What, hers? Yeah. Oh, she's really great. I'm, I'd rather she was just English accent. I think she was in a kid's show when I was a kid called Rent-A-Ghost, which was a really sort of low-budget ITV theme. I'm pretty sure. Okay. But yeah, yeah. Uh, but she says, he's a Montague, the only son of your great enemy. Like your great enemy is it i mean no, she's not really family helping the situation enemy. Yeah. is she uh and then everyone leaves the party and with capital boys i am a pretty piece <laughs> of flesh so this is what life's gonna be like hey, with, with, with the montague boys the same oh, thing boys. over and over again mm-hmm. i will say uh, you know uh, juliet's all like my only love sprung from my only hate you met him 20 minutes ago but it is this idea where you take two polarizing ideas and you place them together yeah, love yeah, yeah. hate I get, I get, I like, what romeo I like and juliet the writing, okay. but like i'm going the same Billy, william shakespeare ghost if you're uh Billy if you're insecure about your writing george is okay with it no, I, like, <laughs> I like the writing i don't like the fact that they met literally 20 minutes ago billy <sighs> boy put some more time in there and this makes this story for me, this story has no stakes because they literally met. It takes place over about five days. Yep, you're not wrong. And I'm like... <sighs> and it reads like a 14-year-old girl who met her crush. So then as Juliet leaves, Tybalt's met his like anti-crush. And he's going, I will get my revenge. <laughs> oh, yes. This will turn to bitterest gall. Um, and then Romeo jumps out of the car. And all his buddies are like... Romeo, where are you at, Romeo? And they're right in front of security. Romeo, where are you going? <laughs> where are you going? At no, which point, then, they get in the car and go, yeah, okay. And they just let through, and no one in security is like, there was a fourth guy who jumped out of the car. No, th- did you see him? Yeah. Like, Anything else? To, like, they shouted after him for like a minute and a half. <laughs> they've had to collect their guns back. They've had to like go through security, and now they're in the car. Surely shouting. when you get in, there's a head count, and when you leave, there's also doing? a head count. At the guy who just ran into the bushes. Yeah, I, this is a weakness of the film for me. The, back into the house. Yep. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, Capulet security sucks. Uh, Romeo should not be a cat burglar because he knocks all sorts of stuff off by the fool. <laughs> yeah, but he's clumsy anyway. And we get soft. What light through yonder window breaks? It is the east. Good job it's his her window, isn't it? And Juliet is the sun. Now, this is the opposite. Romeo's always compared to nighttime and darkness. Yeah. Juliet's always compared to the daytime, sun, sun yeah. brightness. You, and you, know what, you know what darkness and light can't do? Exist together. Yeah, they can't yeah. coexist. Not for long. No. So, um... Again, love love the, the yeah. writing. Okay. I hate the story. <laughs> 
uh, arise, fair sun, and kill the envious moon. Yep. Ooh. Ah. Ooh. <laughs> English teacher that up, yo. <laughs> I wonder if Shakespeare knew he made that connection when he wrote or he just got lucky. No, he wasn't allowed. Well, how do we know? <laughs> He's a genius. That's how we know. Shakespeare was an absolute genius. Um, and then this and Romeo and Juliet and as well. The, gr- <laughs> <laughs> the great reveal, though, because we've seen this scene a thousand times in a thousand ways, mm-hmm. and the great double take is it's not Juliet. It's the nurse. Yeah. And Armenia goes, because old people are gross. Um, and Juliet does not appear in the balcony. Great fake out. She comes from below and Juliet's going, what's in a name? And she's sort of talking about a rose bunny. Her name would smell as sweet. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, as she's walking, Romeo like walks into the shot and he's just like hovering over her. I don't think it's supposed to be funny, but it really is. It's hilarious. It is. And then he reveals, and that part's supposed to be funny, but I think his initial presence where he's just like a horror <laughs> villain. He's supposed to look, he's like making himself look yeah. big and menacing. Uh, it's so silly. She screams at him. They fall in the water. And Why the, does nobody hear the The water? security checks the cameras, but... No one's like, should we check the... I'm pretty sure I heard her yell. Yeah. There's also no camera that covers the entirety of the pool. Well, like, there's blind spots. Of- I like the fact they acknowledge there's a blind spot. But like they keep... <laughs> like Put a camera over the entirety of the pool, guys. Come on, capture security. The one security guy who comes up, she gives like, this little flirty smile to, yep. and that works, and I'm like... Okay. <laughs> Wait a minute. Ten minutes ago, someone said the name of a Montague. Yeah. And that, then one of our own is This screaming. is also <laughs> outside. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, they kiss, and by the, uh, Romeo and Juliet, and she wants to know if Romeo loves her. Um, and he swears by, but she goes, don't swear by anything. Swear by thyself, which is the god of my idolatry. So she's going... I also challenge you to strike me dead should this occur. You're not my god. This man is. Yes, this man is. <laughs> Kill us both, Kill please. us both. Uh, Juliet then wants Romeo to pump the brakes because she's going, this is too soon, too rushed, too this. I love you the repeated use of the word too, but it's great. It's, it's a judgment thing. It's not there. And then she gets out and he goes, will thou leave me so unsatisfied? Ooh. <laughs> she goes, what satisfaction canst thou have? And we're all like, mm-hmm. and knowing Shakespeare, this is definitely a dick joke but it's not because he surprises her and the audience by saying the exchange of your faithful vow for mine but it was supposed like shakespeare wrote that intentionally going oh it's 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 definitely an expectation subversion yeah, yeah, yes yeah. uh and it was all four dick jokes was it I turns out it's it's it's, it's <laughs> he really was it turns out it's oh it's just not wrong his uh, name was willie there's there's a bunch of them coming up when mercutio fights tybalt <laughs> oh yeah shakespeare wrote for the poor he wrote for the he, he wrote he wrote body b-a-w-d-y yeah, yeah. jokes yeah he was a dick joke uh, oh there's tons of there was a joke earlier actually when they're um upstairs with the three women are upstairs and then can, can, can you let, speak briefly can you like a paris's love yeah where he goes you know you know he he needs a cover making yourself lady capital goes no less and then the nurse sits down and goes huh not less bigger women grow by men kind of being like mm-hmm. you get yeah, pregnant yeah. when they sleep with you <laughs> and that's like the, a tame one compared to like yeah oh, oh there's okay. a lot oh there's a lot of stuff well, you know me i'm not shakespeare, shakespeare would, it was alive today and like saw that it'd become this upper class thing that only like scholars and people understood he would be ashamed <laughs> not, i don't want to be ashamed I, I think shakespeare would be writing films i think that part's true i think he'd be like he'd be, Adam Sandler. He'd be like he'd be like no he'd be like <laughs> i could be like chris nolan though yeah or spielberg i think he'd be like like a big storyteller it's what he was he's just he's just, he's just an entertainer yeah yeah 
just happened to be a very good writer. Um, the Lin Manuel Miranda, I think I say he's the second Shakespeare. Genuinely, that's a hell of a. Well, fight. actually, we'll we'll we'll, we'll pick up on that in a minute. Uh, back in the water, they go. They separate, but she does appear on the balcony long enough for him to scale it somewhat, and then she gives him a token, which is her necklace. Uh, and then we get parting is such sweet sorrow. There is an official Juliet. Uh, if you go to Verona, there is an actual uh, Juliet balcony that exists there. Oh, is there? People go, oh, is that, is that the real balcony? We got. <laughs> That's not real story. <laughs> no, because they're made up. <laughs> they're not. They're not real. <laughs> Fictional character. Well, what is is that the this? island where the tempest was? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. It. Uh, we just where we get parting is such sweet the, sorrow. Oh, and then we go to we go to the next morning. We keep going. We go to the next morning and we get you. Oh, that's way too high. We get you and me, me always. always. And forever. I just I love the soundtrack. Uh, oh, I love it. And we meet uh, Friar Lawrence, played by Pete Postlethwaite. Um, and he's hanging out with herbs, which feels weird for a priest. Yeah. Because he's like all like, yeah, I can, make, I can make potions and poisons. He's a priest, first and foremost. And this feels weird. I always thought they were two separate people. Which, no, no, same. Yeah, yeah. Which threw me. So the idea about faith versus action, and for a man of faith, he actually does has very little of it. Mm-hmm. He wants to meddle, and the, the the herbs here show that. And he says, like, the herbs can bring us, they can make us well, or they can kill us. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, you're going to do both of those things, man. Yeah, because yeah. well, foreshadowing. That's it? your influence. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, it shows that he can't leave things alone. Mm-hmm. You know, why are you gathering hits? I get up in the morning and I collect my herbs. Why? Yeah. Where do we think the old man gets his poison? Yeah, maybe, that's the great <laughs> He's just a dealer. We find out the real man is uh, is uh, the friar. Um, and so Romeo comes in. He calls him young son. So this is Romeo's version of the nurse, right? This is his his sort of He's grown up spiritual father, father, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he goes, oh, hast thou been with Rosaline? And he goes, no, I don't love Rosaline anymore, man. I'm in the <laughs> Juliet. I mean, holy St. Francis. What a change is here. And then he chides Romeo and says, young men's love then truly lies then not in their uh, hearts, but in their Postlethwaite does a little look down to his groin and then looks up and goes, eyes. <laughs> Which was Brilliant. great. Brilliant. He's really good in this. I'm saying about a lot of people, he's really good in this he one is. too. He's good in a lot of things though. He is, but we're talking about this one this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he goes, "You, you just, you just don't like it because I love Rosaline." He says, "For uh, for Juliet, for doting, not for loving." Because he's saying, "You don't. You're too young. You don't get it. Yeah. This is not love. This is infatuation." Who doesn't love infatuation? He's not wrong. True. I, it's the idea, because no, nothing is as big as your first love. Nothing mm. is as big. No. It's not his first love, though, is it? No, epi- no, no season of who, Romeo? Yeah. His first returned love, or at least early young lo- mm. love, young love. Young love. Any same. band you listen to, it's probably the first of a second album you really love. Because the more of it you hear, the more you go, I just love those early days when it was fresh and new and all mm. those things. And as you get older, you become... Jaded. Jaded, tempered. You've seen yeah, it before. Yeah. It's not as impactful. Yeah, yeah. I was having a conversation with someone yesterday about shows, about being Amtram shows, and it was like when you first start, every show is this amazing giant thing. And then as you do more <laughs> of them, you're like, okay, now where does this really fit into 
do I get excited about these shows as much as I used to? Yeah, yeah. And what does that mean? Because when you, you do know, show after show after show, show, you lose that shine, doesn't it? It does. And so then you want to do stuff you really believe in or, or yeah. yada, yada, yada. So it's not the, the act of doing the show by itself is no longer sometimes enough. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we get a revelation of the friar's plan. If we marry Romeo and Juliet, it'll can, end the fight. Yeah, combine them. As this little boy is singing When Doves Cry. It's oh, a great I rendition. Brilliant. Oh, I just like Prince. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you guys know a lot of Prince? Yeah. You youngins? Yeah. 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 Georgia? I had never heard of him until he died. Really? Whoa. Really? So did you know, were you familiar with the song? No. Bum. Bum, bum. It's usually a faster song, but yeah, yeah. And then it has like this really like sweet version, and then it goes like really like. And it goes all jazzy. Well, it's not jazzy here, but it's more it's more punchy. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm sure if we get around to doing Batman '89, there'll be another Prince like gosh sash. I keep thinking you've wounded yourself somehow when I look over because <laughs> <laughs> Ethan's got the Kylo Ren scar all I made would, up. I would full I'm up. like, what have you done to yourself? <laughs> I thought it was Harry Potter when he walked in. <laughs> I'm like, you didn't get the scar right. <laughs> Daisy Ridley on the way here. It's like if, if it's like if Harry Potter and Voldemort were in the same body together. Yeah. You know, got going on here. Um, and so Romeo runs and knocks over a pillar so we can get the line wisely and slow. They stumble that run fast. And this is Friar Lawrence's total advice the whole way through. Slow down. Slow. If Romeo slows down at all in this movie, <laughs> none of this happens. Mm-hmm. There wouldn't be a story. Oh no, I, it's true. And that's but that's the emotional journey you go on as yeah, as, yeah, as, yeah. as the viewer yeah, yeah. is because you're it's willing him. You want him to. It's funny. Do we want him to speed up? Do we want him to slow down? What is the thing there? You know, are you like yeah, they get married. I want him to. Yeah. Okay. I want him to get together. I want him to combine the families. I want him to. I think I can never get away from the fact that they're going to die. Yeah. So, I, for, I see. Now I forget until I know it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go, oh, for God's sake. Then we go to the beach with Benvolio and Mercutio. Ooh. We find out that Tybalt has issued a challenge, which by the code at the time, now Romeo has to accept. Yep. Because yep. that's about being a man's about it. It's the code of chivalry, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Benvolio and Mercutio talk big and play with their guns. I think, that's quite, I think it's clever when they when they do all the stuff. It is. Stuff. Um, they also tell us that Tybalt's really good with a gun. Yes, he is. They, they, they say Tybalt's good. He's a prince of cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then another character it showed makes up. It more sense when it's swords. It sounded like a Yu-Gi-Oh character because his name was <laughs> Romeo. Romeo. <laughs> Benvolio's a pretty cool guy in this film, except for this moment here. I'm like, at, at this point, they hit the brakes hard on Benvolio. I don't know where Benvolio is the second half of the film. No, he, he not there. Is. No, exactly. I'm like, what? Yeah. It's like we we tagged the wings. We, we 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 like tagged in Balthazar. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so Romeo Romeo <laughs> shows up, and so does the nurse. Uh, and um, Mercutio's trying to get Romeo's attention because he's gone off to talk to a nurse, and then he shoots the gun into the air to show he's a bit unhinged. Oh yeah. And he goes, we come to your father's. Because like, if, if you noticed, like Lord Capulet, sorry, Lord Montague never does talk to his son in the whole play. He doesn't, does he? No. You don't see him. He's always either. looking for him. Yeah, not really. No, not no. as much as Capulet, Lord Capulet. No, Capulet, but we need, we need inside that house for that mm. story a bit more. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so they say to the nurse, this is Benvolio and Mercutio, farewell, ancient lady. In the play, it is 
foul. They yeah, say really. Oh, oh. I always got to skip over because not really much to actually like you could use in like an exam question. Yeah, yeah. but they are foul to her. Oh. They, that. they are properly insulting her in like very derogatory and sexual ways. Oh, so no. crack open that uh, Shakespeare insult generator that you've got over there. And yeah, a lot it's of probably there. <laughs> um, Romeo um, is told that, uh, or she tells the nurse that she can come to Friar Lawrence's and be married. And this is when I can even, even as I'm going over it, I can see the face of, uh, of a nurse and then bump, bump, bump. Love me, love, love me. me. Say yes, you love me. Fool me, fool me. Oh, oh and fool me. He used that song in a play version of Handmaid's Tale. It was great. Best film ever! So, um, yeah, it is. And there's, I mean, go to the nurse's apartment, and there's a, her opening shot is like the backside of the nurse. And and it's clearly just a shot of her ass. And usually I'd be sitting here going, I hate the cinematography. I love this. I thought he's going to do a, a not Al- in like a sexual way. But I thought he's going to do an Al Pacino then. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, no. But I love this in the sense that you know it's just she's yeah. Oh, it, it's endearing. Am I wrong? No, no you're it, it is. It is. It's not just like because it's not sexualized. It's not sexualized. It's not, no, no. It just shows the difference between these two women and kind of where they're at in their lives. And yeah. she's sort of in this little cramped apartment. And there's such a sweetness in this scene between Juliet and the nurse. There I is. feel like out of all of the characters, I am the nurse. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and there's this great bit where, you know, the nurse is not going to tell her, she's going to make her work to get the information out. Yeah. And she goes, oh, I can't tell you. I'm out of breath. And that's uh, where Julia goes, how can thou be out of breath when thou hast breath to save it? Thou art out of breath. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what, Juliet? You'd be great on a podcast. Come on, hang out. Hey, come on. Also, it reminds me of, if you ever do first aid training, the first thing you ask someone who's choking is, are you choking? Because if they say yes, then they're not. Yeah. Because you can't talk if you're choking. And that reminds me of that. Uh, the nurse has some fun with her and gets a free back rub before letting her know the news. And you can be married. And they go to the wedding. And Juliet looks nice. Simple, but nice. Her hair isn't very luxurious, but it's up a little bit. And this is where we had one of my favorite movie mistakes of all time. Yes. Which you pointed out. Which I did, because I I, I couldn't wait for you guys and try and explain it. So Ethan's going to get a little bit of that experience, but you guys can. So there's a shot of Romeo and Juliet as they're walking down the uh, aisle. And in the background of the same shot between them, we reveal the nurse. And it does a focus pull, and she starts scurrying up the aisle behind them. And you can't miss her. She's in red. (laughs) She's in red. And And the church is like empty. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to a shot from where the boy's singing. Um, I don't know what he's singing. No, I, I forget what song this one is. Yeah, yeah. But he's up there, he's singing something. And we get a shot of the nurse letting herself in the second pew on the left from this like bird's eye view shot over his shoulder. Oh. And then we go back to the aisle and she's scurrying up it again. <laughs> <laughs> the great transporting nurse. That is funny. <laughs> So if you want to go ahead, it's on Disney Plus. Go check that out and see, watch the the great transporting nurse. Um, and it's weird. You would not think a priest at your wedding would say, "Love each other moderately." Yeah, that's hard, isn't it? Be, yeah, don't be, don't be, don't be tending all over the place with this. And they talk about two, two. He talks about two people who consume each other, or two elements that consume each other, which very much is what happens here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's trying to warn a man. They just don't listen. And then this is kind of traditionally where you would put your interval. So, and we're back. Hey. hey. 
It's our first interview. I really hope they remember that they're still, they're still like sponsoring the pod. Because <laughs> <laughs> all not. I do is give like a timestamp. <laughs> if not, I'll just come over and you. There's an ad here. There's supposed to be an ad here. And you can just put that in there. There we go. <laughs> um, I don't know until Somebody it goes up, so we won't please. we won't know. Ad here. Uh, I don't know if we're selling out, but I'll, I'll take some money. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I think it's selling yeah. out. It's only selling out if they're like you like Romeo. Okay, I do like Romeo. Or yeah, you, know, yeah. you like this movie that you yeah you, you now say what what we tell censored. you to say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so and this is the sad part because this is the romance. And then the tragedy comes in the second half because right now it's like really if you want a good a good experience walk out now yeah, yeah. true love wins yeah they've got to figure it out back to the beach after the interval Mercutio is shooting the water yeah what's he doing is he fishing no <laughs> what's he doing he's he's uh, being Mercutio in a modern day I mean I think he'd be diagnosed with with something yeah like he's all over the place either he's always on drugs I think possible so. I think yeah. so. Or he does drugs and he's got other issues. Also possible. He's hitting up that priest for his herbs. <laughs> uh, Benvolio's trying to talk Mercutio into leaving, saying it's too hot. And this is called pathetic fallacy, when the weather kind of dictates the mood of the scene or what will happen. Yeah. Oh, I noticed this. So if it's sad and it rains, pathetic fallacy. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. In this case, it's storming. Yes. Before we have a conflict. Yes. Anybody ever have a situation where the weather dictated your mood and you kind of snapped on someone? I don't know what you mean. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll turn the heat down. <laughs> Winter depression. Yeah. Uh, yeah well, seasonal affective disorder. Yeah, like, yeah. That's common, though. So for people who don't live in the UK, even if you live in Canada, because you're just going to feel counterintuitive, I promise you I'm telling the truth. We are further north, even in the south of England, than northern parts of Canada, the more northern elements of it. So yeah. where we live in the UK is about the same latitude as Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, which is way up there, actually. So as a result, we get far less sunlight in the wintertime in our winters. Mm-hmm. In the wintertime in our winters? That made a lot of sense. We get far <laughs> less daytime yeah, in the winters. Okay? And as a result, that means like, like we're talking like nine hours and less yes. at, at portions during the year. And it really does can create an effect does, on you when yeah. you get that little sunlight. You wake up in the darkness. You drive home in the darkness. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a bit of a long gray winter. Even as we sit now, I mean, mm-hmm. the clocks just went back, so the clock the, the sun went down around I don't know four four twenty today, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And it's we've got another month plus. We've got six more weeks of it getting darker earlier. Now there is a trade off. We get lovely long summer days in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 you yeah. see, I did the summer in the summer again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but we get that. But it means at this point, like it's really, really it's tough, isn't it? It, it, it it's, it's a bit of a tough slog. So yeah, 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 yeah. I, I agree with you on that yeah. one. I am miserable. I remember I worked at a Tim Hortons, and uh, I was <laughs> this lovely lady. Her name was Carol. She worked at a sandwich bar. And I used to work with Carol at a different place years before that as well. Mm-hmm. And got along with her really, really well. Never had a crossword to say about her. And then it got really hot one day and the air conditioner broke in the restaurant. And she and I just kind of had like a proper row at each other. <laughs> and at the end, we kind of all, we went away for five minutes. We both felt terrible. Came back and went, I'm sorry, it's just really hot. She went, I'm sorry, it's just really hot too. But these things can, can, can trigger you. Yeah, can. And if you look at the impact that weather has had on history, it's, it's, it's not small. Like the French Revolution, mm-hmm. the storming of the Bastille, because it's hot. Uh, like people revolt when it's hot. Wow. If it would have rained, people would have been cool. <laughs> and I don't know what effect effect that has on us now. Because with the French Revolution, you don't get many of the ever sort of things that fall across the world. Yeah, yeah. it sort of leads an ideology that goes throughout. So yeah, strange. Just, just a just a thought. Yeah, yeah weather. Yeah, yeah. 
I get um, really bad headaches before it storms, so I'm very irritable. So, yeah, if, you, if you've ever snapped at someone, it's probably because there's a storm coming. I remember I was trying out for Canadian Idol. Yeah. And we had sat in, oh, yeah. And we'd sat you in not this. you seen the pictures? No. Oh, yeah. And we'd sat in this holding pen, which is the, a nice way to put, like, just, just a dirty, car, like, not Ooh. even like a, like a pavement car park, like when it's just like, like, like. Really? Dust? Not dirt, yeah, but yeah, dust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And people have been staying there for a couple of days. It was the first year they ever ran it, so it was really bad. So we, the first group, and then we get started to get word near the end that the producers were like, uh, before the, the word, uh, the producers were starting to sort of like not let you back in if you left this caged area. Right. And so there people were like selling like hot dogs and like giving and like water if you went outside the fence. But once you're out, you can't go back in. So that Ooh. felt really low. Ooh. And then word started sort of going around with like an hour to go. They might not see everybody. And if they don't, that's, that's it. You've wasted your, your day. I have never been part of something that felt like it was going to be a riot so much in my life. Wow. Cause it was, it was a long day. It was like June. It was hot. Yeah. Ooh. And I'm like, people were going to riot. And I was, I wasn't angry enough to be one of them. I was like, that sucks. But I wasn't. But I was looking around, going, "This is a real." I've never felt volatile, wasn't it? I felt it in like I felt it with Yulia when we were in a pub and uh, England lost like the semifinals of the yes. World Cup. And I imagine that, Ooh. but rather than fifty people, there's like a thousand people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And going, if this goes bad, it's going to go real bad. Yeah, yeah. Like, not attack anybody, but people, yeah. are gonna, people are going to break stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So. But that of housing. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, and, and after warning, she said, look, look, the Capulets are, are out there. He says they're abroad, but it doesn't mean they're abroad. Abroad, it means they're not at home. They're out kind of mm-hmm. cruising. Uh, and if we run into them, we shall not escape a brawl. And then, sure enough, they show up, and Ben Volu goes, by my head, here come the Capulets. And in a great response, Mercutio goes, by my heel, puts his feet up on the table. I care not. Yeah. So I wonder what the something I probably should know. What is the deal with heels? In obviously, it means something. By my heel, I care not. Heel is a is a it's term. an insult of it's some sort, insult. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But what does it mean? Because there were so many focuses on heels we saw in the prologue, wasn't there? The prologue, but in Act One, Scene yeah, yeah, Two, or whatever was, it was, when they were walking, heels, yeah. there was a lot on heels. Because a heel to be a heel is a bad thing as well. It's, it's a wrestling term. Wrestling heel just, means bad. It isn't yep. just a wrestling no, no, term. It's got, a, it's got yeah, terms in so general. I yeah. think it is. I think it comes from. Can you just look up what by my heel means? Could it have anything also to do with like an Achilles heel, like showing their weakness? That's why, I mean, right now, yeah. it's, a lot, it's a lot of cool Could conjecture. Yeah. Don't know, maybe. He goes. So, um, and then so Tybalt comes up and he wants a word with one of you gentlemen. <laughs> and Mercutio says, make it a word and a blow. Now, I don't think this is meant to be, I think this is a modern. Oh, okay. I think blow means a strike. Yeah, if I punch yeah. you, that's like a that's like a violent blow, mm-hmm. as opposed to the sexual connotation which Baz Luhrmann and Harold Perrineau have given it in the scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But things like here's my fiddle stick instead yeah. of sword. <laughs> I, there's a little bit of sexual energy there. there is, Absolutely, yeah. that made me laugh. I've got here from a website called a Shakespeare Navigators dot com. Uh, says um, uh, is alarmed, but by, but my Mercutio is tough by. His by my heel implies that if it comes to a fight, he's the one who's going to put his opponent under his heel. What? Oh, okay. I will be Thank triumphant you about Shakespeare.com. Yeah. Um, Mercutio and Tybalt are about to throw down, and Romeo shows up, and he does not see Tybalt. He's so happy to see Mercutio. Yeah. Oh, and then he's surprised to see Tybalt. Tybalt calls him a villain, and that should be. Enough. fighting words because yeah, you yeah, need to yeah. you need to defend your name because all you have is your honor if someone calls you that and you don't you don't defend it then that means you you must be a villain yeah so tybalt says this knowing there's only one answer to this listen this is a duel 
And so this is where Abra comes and takes all the bullets out of his gun. And in my head, I heard one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Is that what it goes? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Uh, it's, it's the, the ten, ten dual, dual commandments. commandments. There's your Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> and your Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> but Romeo, much like Mr. Hamilton himself, spoilers, refuses to duel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which was a big deal at the time. You, you did not want to lose face. He says, I never injured thee, but love thee better than thou can devise. Be satisfied. He says, I love your name as much as I love my own. Why can he say that? He's literally just come from the, like, marrying into the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Tybalt won't be satisfied and continues the assault. And it goes on for too long. And Mercutio, because he offers the gun and basically does the whole shoot in the sky version of it. Yeah. And Merc- he's not having it. It's when Mercutio gets fed up. And we get a lot of point of view shots from Tybalt's perspective of Mercutio, is, like, Tybalt, launching at him. Tybalt is going to um, kill him, basically, isn't he? If, if he doesn't, he's beating well, him. He, never gets, he could have just shot at him. But I guess if he does that, it's murder. Yeah. So he's trying to beat him up until he's finally ready to fight back. Yeah, and, um, Mercutio, and Mercutio won't have this because obviously his yeah. friend is. Uh, Mercutio gets the upper hand and throws Tybalt onto a pane of glass, and then Romeo intervenes, and that gives Tybalt a chance to stab one of them, and it's Mercutio. Such um, a low blow. Yeah, sneaky. Because up until that point, I'm on board with Tybalt most of the time because he's just um, loyal, passionate. Um, you know, defending family. Yeah, um, I don't agree with that, him, but I understand what's happening. Yes, I exactly. Love how snaky he yeah. is. Yeah, and then as soon as he does that move, boom! And this is the great reveal on both of us—the great switch because we're told it's a scratch, a scratch, especially because it's, it's from a cat, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then he says, "Oh, the hurt can't be much." And he says, "Ask for me tomorrow, you shall find me a grave man." Grave, dead. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, does the whole plague on both your houses? Your houses, your houses, as the storm goes on. Because he wouldn't be there without them houses, no. would he? He wouldn't be in that position. Exactly. They have made worms meat out of me. Now, keep in mind, here's my question. Because Mercutio can't be viewed as a victim. I seem to recall Benvolio saying, we should go. It's <laughs> hot. Mercutio's got some agency in his own downfall himself. Do you remember yeah. that time Mercutio was like, hey, take some LSD and come to this party yeah. at the rival family? Mercutio's got, yeah, he's got his st- starting point in all this. Uh, and the storm picks up. The majority of sets around here, which I loved, especially around Verona Beach. Brilliant. Built from scratch in order to achieve the film's unique look. I did like L'Amour, which was the billboard in the yeah. shape of the Coca-Cola yeah. font. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Sycamore Grove Theater and the huts on Verona Beach were actually destroyed by a hurricane during filming. The beginning of the hurricane is legitimately evident during Mercutio's death scene. Very clever. As a result, many pickup shots had to be filmed elsewhere because it like, wrecked the place. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Mercutio dies and the score is massive and then Romeo runs to his car because he's going to go get Tybalt. Yeah. And we go from this extreme emotional whatever to Juliet waiting for her wedding night. <laughs> and it's just her as a little girl in bed kind of just like wishing going come gentle night and when Romeo shall die take him and cut him up in little stars that all the world will be in love with night and pay no attention to the garish sun. <laughs> Does this sound like someone's mature enough to be married? No. 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 When I get married, I want my husband to be made of stars. <laughs> she oh. says, I have bought the mansion of love and not yet possessed it. <laughs> you know, I'm guessing you know what that means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She wants to consummate the marriage. Yeah, yeah. of course. Uh, she refers to it as being like an impatient child who has new robes and may not yet wear them. It didn't, it didn't sink in until you said it. Did it? <laughs> and then I was like, ah. 
it's a, it's a teacher voice. <laughs> it's also though she's like, yeah, she's referring to Romeo as stars again and refers to herself, the garish son, and they can't exist in the same place. And then we smash cut. She's going, ah, oh, yeah. As new robes and may not yet wear them. We cut to Romeo going, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Literally As he drives. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's a literal smash he's, cut because he crashes into the car. He's yeah. a DeVille at this point. Oh, he's, yeah. That's very, yeah, like the cartoon eyes yeah, with the red yeah. spots. Absolutely. As they slow it down and like really accentuate yeah. on it, it's, it's, oh, it's great. Crash in the Tybalt's car. Tybalt's car rolls over. When this happens, the stunt driver's roll cage collapsed. <gasps> Shit. Almost breaking the stunt driver's neck. Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's all that. It's all that talking to God and going yeah. like, "Yeah, I dare you." Strike down upon thee with great vengeance, <laughs> furious anger. It's like that film. What was it? The Passion of Christ, where they like like all of the things happened to the guy playing Jesus. And it's almost as if God was going, "Maybe don't make this film." I don't know about this. Oh yeah, there's a film called The Passion of Christ. And like, I know the Passion of the Christ, yeah. played by Jim Caviezel, but I don't know anything happened to him. Yeah, like he got struck by lightning twice what? whilst really? on the cross. Yeah, yeah. No, hey, that I made believe me, so. Yeah. That made me cross. Let's let's. Pick this back up when we get a chance to look at this. I will do some more research, but yeah, I'm sure. Someone remind us in the shout outs, and I'll make sure we get George to give us a feedback on Jim Cavazel's martyrous. Yeah, yeah, I believe there were several like. Huh? Like, probably shouldn't be doing this. Romeo then goes over to Tybalt. There's a fight over the gun. Tybalt wins it, and like Romeo puts it to his head and says, "Either thou or I or both must go with him." And he repeats it. Leo acts his socks off here. I'm trying to figure out mm. why he doesn't, Tybalt doesn't shoot. And I'm thinking Tybalt doesn't shoot because he can't frame this as a duel. No. Yeah. Because his second isn't with him. Yes, so this yes, is just yes. murder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Romeo doesn't have any sort of problems with this. No, no. he doesn't. No, he's ready no. to go. He's good. I've got, where are the rest of Tybalt's boys? I guess there's one in the car still. Um, don't yeah. know. Uh, Romeo then shoots Tybalt and then there's a pan. So we don't cut. We just go from Romeo's face looking stunned off screen and the camera moves to what he's looking at it's the gun in his hand like he's stunned at what's happened and then looks up the sky and screams i am fortune's fool this isn't fate's fault mate you know what i mean you pulled that you did trigger, this bud. you we saw you drive the car and go ah smash into it yeah. great one death scene though for tibble the way he sort of lurches back into oh, the... Oh, it's like a slow-mo shot, yeah, yeah, which yeah. if you want to give it like a dream, like, what am I doing? I'm yeah, acting yeah, out, yeah. you know, it's like an out-of-body experience. Maybe you can sort of own that there. Mm. Uh, Lady Capulet takes it badly. I think it's clear she was having an affair with Tybalt the whole time. Of course. I think that's, in this version of it, I think that's what's yeah. being given us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, she's really taking it a bad way, and she wants Romeo dead. Oh, yeah, she says it. And they're all going, yeah, but he killed Mercutio so what's your thought and then who kills the guy who no romeo's yeah, yeah, banished yeah. now prince did say he did i kills you yeah and he said i'll kill you both both of the old men yeah and he pauses on this he doesn't do it it's the thing you tell someone there's gonna be a, here's your punishment you gotta follow through because if you don't the yep. next half hour of the film happens. Uh, Romeo takes banishment badly. Uh, Friar Lawrence gives him a hard time. And then the nurse rocks up and Romeo hides. And by hides, he means he closes the door and looks through the very obvious piece of glass in the middle of the door. <laughs> <laughs> so that we can see him as the audience, which means also whoever's at the door can see him. Yeah. But he comes on out and uh, he's like, oh, does Juliet hate me? No, no, no. She gives you this ring that says, I love you. And come to her chamber for the night before you go to Mantua. <laughs> and Romeo's like, oh, and this is where like the the priest is like, okay, this happened. You should be dead. Thou art hap- thou art thou happy, and you should be whatever. But you know, instead, he you, you killed Tybalt, and thou art thou happy, and you should be ki- 
killed for killing them, and now you're going to be an exile, and thou art there happy? In the play, he calls him a girl. Ooh. He says, will you, stop, will you stop crying like a woman? Wow. Yeah. Um, he says, a pack of blessings lay upon thy back, and then go and say farewell until you can return. And we go to the wedding night. Paris is there with flowers to woo Juliet. The wedding night? Yes, like Romeo's wedding night, yes. Mm. Uh, Paris doesn't get to see Juliet because these times of woe leave no time to woo. Aww. It's a great line. It is. But it makes him seem like, like, I know what's happened. Her cousin just died. I'll see if she wants to go on a date. <laughs> of course she mind, does. Because he's so in love with himself that he doesn't realize that he isn't the answer to everything. It's just brilliant. It's great because uh, Lord Cabot says she loved her cousin. And Lady Capulet says, and so did I. Ooh. And then Capulet goes, well, we were born to die. And it's like, oh, does he know there's an affair going on? I think he does. Because uh, in this version, you've so. established this. Now, in the actual play, you can't, you can't justify this. Because you haven't been shown this. There's nothing in the text that suggests it. Unless you put it in in a production of but i don't think no but yes but as far as like reading the text you can't you couldn't write an an essay and say they were having an affair no there's nothing that shows that that was all Mm -hmm. stuff that was shown to us through visuals Mm -hmm. uh but in this case it's like so the we were born to die it always goes always cold he's callous he's yada 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 um they arranged the marriage for thursday because wednesday's too soon (laughs) (laughs) juliet's wondering why romeo killed her cousin and she's like legitimately going like why am i forgiving him is it because he's so good looking like, what is the reason? She's like, why did you kill my cousin? And then he shows up. And she's forgotten everything. And we get the, and I, I'm kissing you. And we're all like, <laughs> we're all with Juliet going, yeah, kiss him. <laughs> don't, don't ask that valid but difficult question you had. <laughs> no, forget it. Don't worry. Just, 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 just seek happy nights Good to happy game. days. Which, that line, nights and days, right? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they spend the night together. Um, and this, uh, the bit where, uh, her, her, she, yeah, it's trash again. Uh, this scene where Juliet's top gets taken off and they kind of roll around underneath the covers, first day on set. Really? Ooh. Which actually, if you think about, uh, Titanic, it was the scene where she comes out and lays on the bed first day on set. Yeah. Get it out of the way. Get it out of the way, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Once you broke that wall. One, yeah, I see. I mean, I guess, like, what, you know, what more of a bonding experience are you going to have in that? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd still rather they took me for dinner first. <laughs> I wonder if she ended up having a massive crush on DiCaprio. That's the first thing she does. An emotional moment, too. We, yeah. You know, based on her own personal history, which we're not here to speculate on that, but, mm. you know, it could be a, a, a big. We talked about newness and firsts and all these mm. things. This yeah. could be a big moment for her where maybe he was a lot more experienced in these sorts of situations. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, imagine, like, Miriam said, like, he didn't, like, he was all smelly and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the morning thereafter, Juliet claims, oh, it's not morning, it's the, it's, it's the nightingale, it's not the lark, it's the owl. And Romeo goes, come, death, come, come, and because Juliet wills it so. And I'm like, dude, you really got to stop saying these things in this play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that will come. Oh, like, it's like, you know, like, like anyone know death, what foreshadowing death ca- Yeah, death anyone? can foreshadowing counter like somebody like it's broken <laughs> at this point. Hey, God, I killed someone. Wanted to do something about it. Thought not. <laughs> uh, the nurse runs interference to save Juliet from her mother uh, because she comes in and there, of course, is Romeo. And then she does take a little look at Romeo getting changed. Mm-hmm. It's funny. It is funny. It would not be funny if the genders were reversed, but it is mm. funny. Yeah. I think because you've given me enough time with the nurse to like to appreciate know. her as a character. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
I still don't think, you know, we don't get the same humorous charm with, like, Friar Lawrence. <laughs> if he's looking at Juliet going like, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> nope. nope. Um, Lady Capulet gives a message to Juliet and says, oh, your, your father's got a great idea. He's going to take you down. Paris is going to wed you on Thursday and make you there a joyful bride. And this can't happen for two reasons. Number one, already married. she's already married. <laughs> and number two, she might be a bride, but she ain't going to be a joyful bride. No. Also, if, if at this point... Juliet was just like, look, Dad, I'm already married. It's to this guy that is in exile. With all your power and wealth and the fact that you two are supposed to be getting on now on pain of death, do you think maybe we could just Juliet bring him might back? Not, Juliet might not know that last part. Well, she might not know that bit, but like... I think it's actually fairly likely she didn't know that part. No, but, there's other, but there's enough the kind of going on that she knows about all the other deaths. She's told by the nurse you're, he is the son of your great, the only son of your great enemy. Well, then by the nurse. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is just... Oh, the adults in this are just... Yeah, they get in the way. Just, oh. oh, like the nurse meddles just as much as, as the friar does. Yeah. Like, they're, they're both guilty of this. Um, Lady Capulet... Uh, oh, she was the first time in the, in, the, in the whole play. She actually speaks up for herself. Yes. And you can is. see she has a moment where like, like the, the fog clears. And rather than say the right thing, she says the honest thing. Mm-hmm. And and the way it works is that everybody's got their like roles in this. So the, the father gives the message to the mother. The mother gives it to the daughter, or maybe the nurse. You know what I mean? And you don't and jump feels. levels. No, no, no. And so Lady Caput says, "Hey, tell him yourself." And the dad comes in drunk again, only in the movie. Uh, okay. <laughs> but he goes, "How now, wife? Have you delivered to her our decree and decree? Mm-hmm. It's like what a ruler does." And when he says "our," he doesn't mean him and his yeah. missus oh. he means like the royal we yeah, referring yeah, yeah. to himself like a king yeah yeah, yeah so it's yeah. very and she goes no but she gives you thanks i would the fool were married to her grave like this meter is like busted now right like everybody's wishing death upon these guys foreshadowing meter and i'm not gonna go through the whole thing although i so could but there's a thing where she says i'm not thankful i'm not proud but thankful that you have but i could never be proud of what i hate which means you know paris and, oh, Mary yeah. and all this stuff and he goes so he goes through a bunch of stuff but says thank me no thankings nor proud me no no no, no prouds and that's significant because she says thankful and proud right mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. start of the play he said like woo her heart you know if you want to love her like you know l- 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 she gets to choose yeah that's what she gets to do and now she tries to use that voice and the literal words that she uses mm. he makes fun of her with you know, thank me, no thankings, no proud me, no proud. And all of a sudden, those words mean nothing. It's just, it's just garbled yeah, nonsense. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what he's I mean? Such yeah. an asshole here. So, and the question would go: Why is he so bad? Because remember, he yeah. said, "Too soon marred are those so early yeah, made." Yeah, 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 yeah. Now we're told by Lady Capulet she was already a mother much upon these years that Juliet was a maid. How does he know that you get ruined if you get married too young? Because it happened to his wife. Yes. Yep. Mm. So why does he shift? Exactly. And the answer is two words: Tybalt dies. Uh, yeah. Here's my theory. You cannot pass along property to people who are uh, women. Yeah. So also known as women. (laughs) People who are women. women. Also known as women. So they couldn't inherit. So then it, so he doesn't have any sons, right? So it passes to your next male heir. That's probably Tybalt. Tybalt's clearly the next guy. Now, who's the next one beyond that? Maybe it's Abra. Maybe it's someone else, but there's no guarantee they're going to take care of us. Because not only are you worried about Juliet, who else are you worried about? 
Lady Capula, right? Yeah. So if it was Paris, dead easy. I'll leave it to Paris. Yeah. He'll, he'll take care him. of the of, of Juliet and he'll take care of the So in some ways he's looking at this from a very real and responsible perspective. Yes, 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 yes. Now the film goes, he's drunk and he's mean and he's oh, this yeah, and he's yeah, that. Yeah. But my other thing is going, he's doing what's actually the right thing to take care of these two. Yeah. But then the world turns upside down because he doesn't know that Juliet's married. Yeah. Right? This is where I'm going, just tell someone. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Either one of you, tell your dad or your mum. And this whole- Well, you, actually, it'd be difficult now because you can't, you can't leave it to Romeo because he's in exile. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't make the problem go away. That's what I mean. Like, bring him back and it's all fine. No, you can't bring him. He's been sentenced to exile. It's he's not just banished. like, do you want him to be in exile? Yeah, I like him to be in exile. I feel like the Montagues in the... Catholic he's killed someone. No, there is law. There is law. I feel like with, they've got enough power to bring him back. I don't think so. I think they have because, like, he's not Lazarus. The, <laughs> but like the, this, that decree was made by Prince on the basis that he'd killed someone who'd killed someone else. He killed. Yeah, but he kills. Romeo doesn't have no. But Romeo doesn't have the right. <laughs> Romeo doesn't have the right to be like the to be a vigilante and like d- declare personal justice. Yeah, but so does Prince just have the right to go? Yeah, this is what's happening. We yes, because Prince is, Prince is a prince, right? He is he is the singular lawmaker. So they could probably go to him and be like, "Look, can we change this? We promise we'll stop fighting if you bring him back." Pinky because that's promise. what he wants them to do. Yeah, because the captains of Montague have been great so far for <laughs> yeah. keeping to their word. <laughs> well, they might be more likely to. <laughs> and when one of them's okay with keeping the peace, the other one's not. Yeah. So, you know, so, swings and roundabouts. Yeah, especially, you still got Lady Capulet who's going to be like, he killed Tybalt in yeah. this movie. I was having an affair with Tybalt. No way. Yeah. yeah but the, the women in this don't have any jurisdiction, do they? The two ladies. Not really. No, but how's that going to work? With, I don't know. If the Tell two, you what, she had no problem yelling at Prince. If the two lords no, are like, look, no. look, mate, look, Prince, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. Um, so he strikes Lady so he strikes Lady Capulet. I said Lady Juliet. That's not right. He strikes Lady Capulet, shoves the nurse, shakes Juliet, and says, and you be mine? I give you to my friend. And the camera's right in his face. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he looks massive and she looks tiny she's tiny anyway Imagine and you'd be not like beg was... hang die starve yeah. in the streets yeah. and he throws her down says it'll not be forsworn storms away and juliet says to her mother help me do something or else i will kill myself yeah she, yeah she says that yeah and her mom goes do what you want oh for i'm done with you Ooh. and then she goes okay so that's the first step the next step She's okay mom making them. that doesn't work she yeah. goes to a nurse and goes nurse help me think of something to get me out of this and she just goes i think you're much better matched in the second marriage than your first and every person who's supposed to be there to protect her is not doing doesn't that. do it mm. And, and, the, and, 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 and the nurse knows. Yeah. That's what gets me the most with this is that the nurse was literally the witness at the wedding. Yeah. She knows. And, and was, was so happy and doing all that stuff. Yeah. And just smuggled the guy in and out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, and she goes, you really believe that? She goes, I really do. And she doesn't. Now, it's the best thing for Juliet logistically. Easily, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I think you're, I give a much more optimistic viewpoint of how this could have worked out. <laughs> at this point, at this yeah, point yeah, in yeah. the film. Yeah. Um, and as opposed to earlier, when Lord Capulet's got, he's got a hold of Juliet. His wife's going to be, are you mad? His, his, the, the employee's going, no, it is your fault. And it's like, what is to him? It's like the world has gone upside down. Yeah. He's supposed to be the king. Mm-hmm. Our decree. The guy who plays Lord Capulet's awesome in this. This scene's awesome. It is good. 
Um, Juliet instead asks to go to confession where she finds Friar Lawrence and plays it cool by grabbing a gun, pointing at herself and him, mm-hmm. saying, be not too long to speak. I long to die. I love the fact the word long is used both times, but in different ways. Mm-hmm. Long meaning how long, and as long meaning what you want. The Friar's got another plan. Well, this is going to work out great because the first one was <laughs> fantastic. One was <laughs> I should give Juliet a potion that'll make her appear like dead. She'll be put in the funeral vault and before waking to waking to Romeo, who and Romeo will then take her to Mantua. And I'm like, isn't it a lot less dangerous if the priest just takes her to Mantua? Yeah. Or if they just go to Mantua. Or you go, here's the... De- I guess he's wrote about himself and what happens, you know, from... But, uh, uh, oh, yeah. Or she- I want to just take her to Mantua. That's my, that's my game plan. Yeah, yeah. Or just tell her to go to Mantua. Yeah. Like cause some Wake sort up, of go to Mantua. Disturbance and let her out. You know what? Balthazar's around the whole second half of the movie. Get Maybe get him in Balthazar. on it. Oh. <laughs> we know he knows how to get to Mantua. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Uh, Romeo misses the letter... Uh, that was supposed to warn him because he's playing baseball by himself in this field. With of course, wood. Yeah, and like, uh, well, bring, bring this up in a second because he just misses the car, drives up and drives out. Yeah. In in the play, there's the a little thing called the plague happens. Uh, so that so, so they close the roads. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the night before her wedding to Paris, Lady Capulet comes in, and I really feel for Lady Capulet here because she's trying to do the right thing in this moment. Mm-hmm. She did this giant blow up, but she wants to take care of her. And after that night, she'll live with Paris. It'll probably be the last time in her mind yep. she'll have this experience with her daughter. True. And but and then says, turns out being but then anyway. says, get a full night of rest. Thou hast need. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's the closest thing to a talk these two are going to have. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. Uh, and Juliet goes, farewell, for who knows when we shall meet again. A little cryptic. Why would you, you, why would you just I'll, walk out of the room then? I'll probably see you in the morning yeah. when you get married. Yeah. Just a thought. Also, like, when she is found dead in the morning, is Lady Capulet not going, hmm. Well, I think that, I mean, it doesn't really go over it, but I think the assumption is that she somehow does kill herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, otherwise, I don't know why Fire Lawrence is the first one in there and grabs the yoink and grabs the vial and yeah. puts it away. Which is kind of tampering with evidence. Just a little. And then Balthazar comes in, sees the funeral going on, because, man, that's a quick funeral. Like, one day. Yeah, quick yeah. turnaround. Yep. And runs away, and the uh, funeral... Uh, sorry, Balthazar is played by Jesse Bradford, who okay. was in other things, Liam. You were saying it during the movie. He was in the Swim Fan. He was the lead in that one, amongst other things. Also, importantly, though, the friar sees Balthazar see and run away. Yeah, but he doesn't know who he is. Mm-hmm. But he knows that he sees him and he sees him run out as if yes, he like, saw someone walk in and saw him run away. Which you'd, you'd think you'd twig if you'd not heard back. Like, I mean, come on. I just, I just, I just don't understand why Leo doesn't go and see the priest as first port of call rather than going. It I've might have been a die. better call. It might have been a better call if you had a different character notice him rather than the priest. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. If all of a sudden Lord Capulet's looking at going once. Who's he? And he runs away and the priest misses him because he was doing something and had his back turned for a second. I'll give you that. You don't yeah. have to the priest. Because the priest really comes off as a bit of a dithering idiot in the last bit of this film. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Um, he tells uh, Romeo the, the, the bad news, which is the genius of the prologue. We knew this was coming and we have to see it all wrong. So the dramatic irony of it all. And Romeo goes, I defy you, stars. I'm like, dude, you did all this yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, we even have the bit where Juliet's like, I think I see you at the bottom of a tomb. Oh, no. And he goes, well, I hope that's not going to be the case. Um, Romeo wants to know if there's a letter from the priest. So he knows something's wrong. He goes, the priest would have told me. It's so like, go to the priest when you get back. Yeah, oh, my goodness, walk, Romeo. Like he said, walk slowly. Yeah. They stumble who travel fast. Like Just, just, just go slower. Shit, before you do anything drastic, find the priest. Yep. Now, this isn't a flaw of the movie. It's part of the of the of the story that it's gets one of you my biggest issues with the Okay, cuz I, I find that cuz what are we doing? We're having an emotional reaction to it. So the question is you never go this is stupid, I reject it. Mm. Or it's a journey that I'm kind of going on and I'm going, "Oh, but why couldn't you?" Oh, that's me. Which I think is more me. Yeah. yeah I think yeah, it's yeah. the way that it's the way that it's presented in this makes me more go that's stupid. I think in other versions. Well, imagine watching a whole Star Wars trilogy where you're just shouting <laughs> the screen the whole time. <laughs> Uh, I, Quiet, Kylo. You, you killed younglings. <laughs> um, what are we at? Oh, the priest finds out because he goes to FedEx and they go, oh, yeah, they couldn't deliver it. And rather than go, I better get back to the church, he goes, I'm going to write another letter. Because <laughs> the first one didn't work, this one's going to be uh, for sure. And I didn't mention this, but just as they, they leave, Romeo and Balthazar, they drive right by. Oh, and he saw Balthazar coming a mile away. Exactly. Balthazar, what news? But when it's a FedEx guy, he's like, a, I'm hitting a rock. Yeah. Hitting a, with a baseball bat that he could find. Hitting a rock. Yeah. And you drive hear it. past the FedEx guy. I remember the FedEx guy. And he's and waiting like, for a letter. He just said, Isn't there a letter from the priest? <gasps> and then a guy standing there with a letter and he just peels by him. It's like, even Balthazar should be able to go, Hey, dude, hey, look, there's a, there's a letter. Yeah. I see a letter. Should yeah. we maybe check if, see if that's, that's for my you? problem? Because you could have had him leave one road and then from the other road signaling in. So it's not as close, mm. but you get that it was just a matter of seconds. Like, I would have ha- I've been happy with that. Yeah. Um, Romeo then gets back to Verona. Everybody knows he's back because, as George just said, we were watching it. He's driving erratically, and I'm like, he's not going to be like hands on ten and two, going all right. But Balthazar, are you paying attention? I know you're going for your, for your full no, license. Like, get rid of your learner's permit. <laughs> you're exiled and you're trying to get back in without being spotted maybe don't drive like a loon or maybe put he a fake moustache on he doesn't think he's leaving well no I know but like he at least wants to get to Juliet fair enough like, if, he, if he gets the shot movie before he gets just, there the movie needs us to feel like they're on his tail which they are in, in, in the play you know just the fact that he's there gets him now in the play he goes to the burial vault not to the church uh, why do you do it this way you do it this way because like you can like this a lot better yep and also the idea that a church can be... Uh, the church was really important in this film. It's where a lot of the conversations took place, where the wedding takes place, it's where the confessional starts. So it made sense to end it here. Um, and so Romeo then uh, buys poison from the guy who ran the pool hall? Yeah, because... I never realized until this time it's the guy from the pool hall. Crazy. Uh, and then back at the church, Romeo walks down the aisle. We see the shot from earlier. You know, the the thing like I fear for some dire consequence yet hanging in the stars. Here we go. Juliet's surrounded by candles, to which point Georgia instantly went. It's a fire hazard. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's movie magic layoff. <laughs> it's a fire hazard. Uh, in the play, Paris interrupts Romeo here. Does he? Because he's there as well going, I want to be buried with my love. Oh. So he's like, he got, he's, he, I think he's a nice, he's a sweeter guy in the play. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he gets stabbed for his troubles. <laughs> and then oh. he stabs and Romeo goes, why has fate done this to me? Oh. <laughs> like, no, Romeo, you're just an asshat. Yes. Um, and so the, uh, Romeo comments how she still feels warm and has color and says, thou art not yet conquered. 
And it makes this weird so thing maybe about don't maybe kill yourself. he says, yeah. "What's the deal with this? Is Death decided to keep you as his paramour?" And not only this, she starts twitching. Yeah, on, on his hand. hand. You'd, you'd feel you'd also, feel anything. anything. But this is designed for a letter from the priest. This is designed. <laughs> this is designed so we go. What are you doing? And, and also, one slight movement of head or eye contact from a dead person. You'd see that. Uh, Romeo's last speech, as delivered by Leonardo DiCaprio, was so good it moved Claire Danes to tears, nearly ruining the scene. The moment the director yelled, cut, Danes smacked DiCaprio on the arm and said, don't make me cry, I'm supposed to be comatose here. I also think she's, like, flirting with him still. Um, (laughs) Romeo then drinks the poison, and she wakes up just in time to see him. Now, you were saying, say something, say something, knock it out of his hand, say something. Knock it out of his hand, yeah. Now, the theory would be, I guess, maybe you get back individual parts, uh, maybe you don't get the full movement yet you just get to be awake and then because when she says romeo finally it seems to be a bit weak okay. but still romeo. but you were full out like yelling at the tv I at this was, point I you was, were got that. it's a great slow reveal i've got written down that makes you want to interfere <laughs> <laughs> really i've got something written down yeah and then uh romeo realizes he's gonna he's di- it says and thus with a kiss I die. And there's silence except for quiet weeping. I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. And Juliet's wearing a much fancier wedding gown, which she put on to go to bed in. Or did they, maybe they, they put her in it. They put her, her in, in it, yeah. It could be like, wonder who did all this? <laughs> What's this about? Uh, utter silence in the score. And unlike uh, in the play, we don't get this, oh, happy dagger. No. no. We don't get that, which is a great line to study. We just get silence, and then she just shoots herself. Mm-hmm. Which is quite powerful. She looks yeah. quite um, angry that she hasn't got anything to hand to kill herself. Okay, with. she makes the commentary and about he. He's, he's not drank all the poison and left, left me no any. friendly yeah. drop yeah. or no helpful drop or yeah. something yeah. like that. Yeah, and then then she sees the gun. Did he bring the gun in? He brought he the gun in with him. him. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because it's originally it's the dagger that he stabs Paris, Paris with. with. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. Good oh, point. okay. Um, there's a godlike overhead shot of them re- reverse zooming out, and we get a replay of the greatest hits of the film before uh, the kiss underwater, and it freezes there. And in that moment, they are perfect, but a kiss underwater, much like everything else in this film, is impossible to continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It has to end briefly. So um, we get an epilogue. There's some desaturated scenes as the bodies are taken away. Um, everything's stripped. It's all gray and blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, Prince says he's lost a kinsman, Mercutio. He says all are punished. In case you missed it, he makes sure we know it all. Our punishment. And he blames himself. He says, I was too soft. Mm-hmm. He does. Um, there's silence as we have the final reading from the news reporter. There never was a tale of more woe than this of Juliet and her Romeo. And it oh, goes to static, which used to happen on TVs before we had this blue screen thing. We actually had what we called white noise. Yeah. And it made me think of a Twilight Zone episode. Did it really? The film runs for exactly two hours. Yeah. In line with the prologue, which says is now the two hours traffic of our stage. Mm-hmm. I love it when, when films do that. Oh. And the exit music, uh, which I did let play. I don't know if people noticed. I uh, did, yeah. Did you notice what band it was? No. Uh, it was Radiohead. Oh. Baz Luhrmann sent alternative rock band Radiohead a videotape containing the last 20 minutes of the film, asked them to make a song for the end credits. The name of the song is titled Exit Music bracket for a film <laughs> which i know this it's on okay computer yeah cool. and i knew it it's not one that you'd sort of remember as a single or anything like that but i always knew it was there i is almost, it something I, almost I, it's something i knew it's i almost I used heard. it as the exit music for crucible 
Because I thought, I but I then I was like, no, nah, it's for a film. It's not for a play, is it? Yeah. Uh, but the director said the DVD commentary, I believe, is one of the best exit themes ever written. So there we go. It leaves that sour taste in your mouth. It does. Somebody. It's so melancholic. In the play, they have the priest comes and explains to everybody what happened, happened, which yeah. also means to the audience, in case you missed it, here's what happened, okay? <laughs> yeah, okay. And they go, oh, we shouldn't fight anymore. And Capulet, catering for the back row. But actually, the one thing that does happen is Capulet and Montague agree that they will, I think they're going to build a statue of the two of them. Okay. And they're the going... Juice. Yeah, and it's a truce. So their love does end the feud, just in a tragic way. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. takes their death to finally go, we should stop. Okay. Better represented in we Romeo also, and Juliet. We also find out that Lady Montague is dead. Wow. Yeah, yeah she died out of grief from Romeo's exile. Oh. Yeah, so there's a... Because you feel like the, the Montagues get away pretty light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. As present. As They're not as present. Mercutio's kind of, kind of linked in as he's kind of... Kind of a Montague, but not really. Yeah. And God knows where. Um, Her death is really quite impactful, though, and I think it this misses a bit. Well, not really, because they just kind of explain it. Mm. It's kind of like, hey, where's Lady Montague? Yeah. yeah the fact, the fact that she dies as well, and you go, oh shit, was yeah. really, really messy. And the fact up. that we haven't seen this, I mean, you go, oh, there's, there's even more body count. Like, this is having actual, yeah. like, legit like bigger things between characters we don't even get to see yeah mm-hmm. you know so in the play the body counts higher i would like some closure on paul rudd i really would have mm-hmm. how do you do that because he does come off as a big it does the problem is it comes off a touch comedic in the play yeah and and i didn't really once i didn't see him i didn't really think about him well to the button we're in the end game now. That thunder was pathetic fallacy. We are in the end game now. Let's talk about the thunder. Uh, let's do a random word first, Liam. What do you got for us today? Random word. I'm gonna have. Um... Should we come back? I was hoping it was gonna be ampersand. <laughs> pool hall. Sorry. Pool hall. Pool hall. Yeah. All right. Pool hall is the is the random word today. So I was trying to think of the um, theater that's on the beach, but I couldn't think what it was called. Ah, uh, Sycamore Grove. That's, that's really hard to kind of yeah, place, isn't it? Yeah. Bandstand, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, pool hall. Pool hall. Pool hall yeah. it is. All right. Um, the money. So Ethan's already cheated, I'm sure, but let's go talk about it anyway. <laughs> the budget was only $14.5 million. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. That's not bad. Most of it must have on the music. Yeah. Jeez. Well, we said he did one film before this, didn't we? Yeah. So what does it make? It did really well, I think. Going by memory. Are you looking at me first? You, I'm just. I don't know. I just thought I would. Mm. You, 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 you look like a, kind of like a like a dead Sir Francis Drake currently. <laughs> Seventy-eight million. Seventy-eight million, Georgia. Ah, uh, ninety. Ninety. Sixty-five. It is actually Georgia wins. One fifty-one point eight. Wow. This, was, this was Leo at Prime Pretty Boy I Leo. Knew that was big. And this was huge. Yeah. I'm just. Th- I was thinking because obviously, I don't know American market mm-hmm. like Shakespeare if they're okay with this was thing. huge and maybe because i lo- i'm huge. surprised you don't yeah because like it was it was massive in the sense that everybody at least had interest in it yeah, it's huge yeah. now. Even the music was huge everything like if, there, it was if huge. there's a story that's going to have broad appeal it is romeo and juliet yeah of course it's the one that every show or movie or whatever always covers like in some way yeah yeah not wrong um, the awards at the 47th Berlin International Film Festival. DiCaprio won for Best Actor, mm-hmm. and Lerman won for uh, the Alfred Bauer Prize, which I think goes to directors. Mm-hmm. He was also nominated for the Golden Bear Award for Best Picture. Um, oh, whose story is it? The families. The families. Which one? 
Uh, Both Cap- of them? It's a bit much, isn't it? Capulet. Capulet? Yeah. So it's more of a Capulet story than yeah. it is a Montague story. I, is, I think it's Juliet's story. Yeah. Yeah. I do. She, it, I was going to say it begins with her, not really begins more with her family. We get more We get more her. about her and her. So we get her story with Romeo. We also get her story with their family. So I yeah, think it's got to be hers. Yeah. Mm. Like we do get Romeo and the priest, but that stuff's get, not nearly, the stuff with Romeo no. and the priest, not nearly as distant as the stuff with Juliet with her parents. Passing her and, and Rosalind, but that's, yeah. yeah. Rosalind never even shows up. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Um, so what is the What is the story? Oh, fate or free will? Should we talk about that? Which one was this? Is this fate or is this free will? Um... This is free will because at any step, if one of them had taken a step back and done one thing differently, then the whole story changes. If that isn't the case, then it's fate. But because it is the case, it's definitely free will. Because I think Shakespeare wants us to think it's fate. Yeah, he does. Because he starts with the prologue and yeah, says, yeah, yeah. Paris star lovers, lovers take their life. Never was there a tale of more woe. Yeah, we get that. See, my instinct tells me fate, but you've talked me around. <laughs> Maybe I was always destined that I would talk you around there. <laughs> or <was> it <laughs> who knows it's, it's what i wants to say free will but every everything that happens is because someone else does something and then that causes it yeah it's called life yeah i know i know <laughs> but it's the idea that because of everything happening it leads them down that road and granted they could stop whenever and use free will but it's almost like in the concept of a play it's fate but yeah mm. I mean, if you want to talk about really meta and go, well, it's a play, it's a construct, therefore everything's always fate, and so it was a conversation about all, and the fact what's your experience from the beginning. What, yeah. What's your experience yeah. as an audience member, and how does that buy into it? What's, what's, what's your part in that? And so we are also like Romeo going, you probably shouldn't go, but I want you to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because the story's more interesting this way. Yeah. I believe Shakespeare wanted it, wants it to come across as fate because of the prologue and the epilogue. That is, that if we don't, if he doesn't tell us that in the prologue, then it is, then it isn't fate but yeah. this film comes across a little bit too much like free will i think just because of how it's how I, it's shown i'm a big i understand the big picture but no i really have a hard time with romeo in this play mm-hmm. and going everything's fate it's really not so my classes are pretty famous for going although that shakespeare clearly wants us to look at it as fate one cannot escape the uh Mm-hmm. The sort of the, the the moments of free will that are constantly referenced and then ignored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. with Romeo. If yeah. it was like he goes to and a party priest. and it just turns out that the Capulets are there as well and not, none of them know, yeah, right. then it becomes fate. You're right. But because he's willingly if he, going. If he actively tries to avoid going to these places and then somehow through some sick, twisted maze, yeah. he ends up doing the thing he's trying not to do. Yeah, that's fate. Like final de- de- destination, basically. Yeah. He's Romeo yeah, and yeah, Juliet. Yeah, yeah. Then that's fate. But I'm sitting here going free will all the way. Yeah. All the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the, Baz Luhrmann would tell us it was fate as well. Of course. Of because course. we get those shots yeah, that yeah. are then repeated later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So such as. Uh, here we go. Roll of women, Georgie. You want to start us off? It's not great. Um, it is Shakespeare. It's Shakespeare, but there are better roles for women in Shakespeare, a la Viola, which is a wonderful women's role. Okay, you're not wrong, and you could also say Merchant of Venice. There's other things, too. Yeah. Um, the women what? we get are both... The the women, we get, what, four? One of Two of them are under their husbands, very much so, and aren't don't really get much say in what happens. One of them is our lead, but she is very very childlike doing things that she shouldn't really be doing and doesn't really have any jurisdiction just because she falls in love with a boy and the other one is a nurse and she's probably the best of them 
because she actually does try and until the end help things until the end when she switches and goes no i'm just gonna do what is the easy path out do we as an audience feel betrayal by the nurse as well like do. Do, do, do we turn off there because i do yeah, I absolutely did, yeah, yeah. yeah. you're supposed to yeah, I was just curious. I never yeah, thought about yeah. it like consciously about the decision because no. we don't really see much. We don't see any of her after that. We don't even no. see her reacting to any of it. No, interesting, mm. interesting. Um, would you, to Georgia specifically, you know, someone who's played a female character in, in a Shakespearean play before, mm-hmm. would you not want to play Lady Capulet? I should be a great role. I think she'd be a great role, but I don't think that makes her a great woman. Can we go back right, to but again, time? this is back to when you used to talk about things with. It was usually Elliot had the conversation more with, but they've been. It doesn't make. You need to have roles where women can suck. That's oh, yeah, that, that's yeah, good. Yeah. No, over, overall in this, they're it, there's just not much to them. They're very one dimensional. Is characters, that any other different? Than Lady is that any different from the way that this play presents men? I think they've got a little no. bit more. No, really no, no, no. Tibble, Tibble. Grr, I'm angry yeah 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 Benvolio yeah. everybody stop fighting yeah Mercutio I'm crazy like yeah. everybody's got these one dimensional things they do, they do, they because do. there's more there's more of them so there's more range of men I think the nurse and Lady Capulet are both more nuanced than any character with the exception of Romeo even Romeo's I just love who I last looked at <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. yeah no I do I get what you mean I just don't I'd play <laughs> <laughs> I, d- I just don't think they'd this, this is my issue I don't like this story very much I think Juliet's got as much agency in her romantic partnership as Romeo does yeah yeah I agree she's more infatuated she's the one who knows that she has another marriage proposal on the table and turns it down mm-hmm. yeah she knows Paris wants her when Romeo comes along yeah that's true you know what I mean mm-hmm. so she is told you can come and then you can be made a joyful bride if you want she still shows up Mm. So, you know, I, I don't know. I think if on surface level, they're not likable characters, but I don't know if that means the role of women is bad. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just, I struggle with this story anyway, because I don't like it much. Um, Pippin agrees. There is. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He went, yep. <laughs> I agree with my mom. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. I don't think it's, it's not bad, but it's not good. All right. Uh, let's anybody else have anything else to say? No, no, really. I'll Pretty let George have the last bad. word on that. Yeah. Our favorite character, let's start with Liam. I really like Tibble up until that's why I said to you, can I do an honorable mention? You always have honorable mentions. I know, but I want to do an honorable mention for Tibble. Right, because, you know what? It's fine. Not anybody else is gonna, he's really good in this. I think he's great in this yeah. up until that point where he kills Mercutio. That's ah, supposed to be, though. I yeah. know, but that, 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 that drives a big wedge in it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's an honorable mention to him. Uh, but keep in mind for him, much like Lord Capulet, the world's turned upside down. Yeah, he's why very- won't Romeo fight? Romeo's supposed to fight. Why are you his best friend doing this? That's not your. You just kicked my butt in front of me. Fine, but he and does that it in moment, such a backhanded way. Yeah, but he's a villain. <sighs> but I liked him. Up Tibble, thou art a villain. I could understand. I could understand his okay. rage. I could understand his. You know, he's very loyal, very passionate, very everything. And, You'd be a good um, Tibble. I would not. You would. You know, I, I understand that. Um, I still look, at, look at me casting you in more shows for Shakespeare. Uh, see. <laughs> and what did I put in my notes? I still hate Shakespeare. There we go, fine. <laughs> um, can I find it hard to follow? Because I am trying to figure out yep. how it's more of a layman's term in this film than it is in most plays, obviously. Well, that's, 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 that's the, the official, like, yeah, that's the script. 
Oh, okay. So if you find yourself following this, so this is the text. Visually, they've abridged it. Yeah, Visually, I found it easier well, to it follow. Because that's why plays should be seen and yeah, not just yeah, read. Yeah, because that's the problem. You know, you know I struggle. Um, but my favorite character is Makusha. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, he is so flamboyant, so out there, so. You know, you feel it when when he leaves. When he leaves, that's a huge yeah. moment. Welcome back, Act Two. What's going? It's killed Mercutio. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. such a big presence. Yep. So yeah, I really like the nurse until she turns. But I think, but again, you're supposed to exactly. Yeah. That's what I mean. I think it wouldn't be to- so impactful if she wasn't so awesome early. Yeah, yeah it hurts yeah. you that much because you like her for so long. Yeah, yeah, okay. oh, yeah, definitely. Since you chose the nurse, what well, Ethan first? Ethan, what do you got? Uh, I'm actually going to I love John Leguizamo. Oh, really? Yeah. I, okay. I, I was. I was. You call him Joe or John? John. Okay. I think he's great. And like the second he appears, one, he's really cool, and I love his goofy little facial hair and all his little dancing with his with his guns and when he twil- twiddles it around, it's great. But he's a he's a great villain uh, in it, and I think he works so well against Romeo when like he's all like soppy and full of love, and he's just villainous it's great it's fantastic the second he dies i really feel that there's been big change i'm gonna take your answer and your answer and raise the stakes because no one disappoints us more shows he's a bigger villain in the end than paul servino playing lord capulet yeah act three scene five jeez that is a performance i would have i would love you know what we talk about time travel a little bit i just wanted to sit there and watch that scene play out Mm. Mm. I would love to see that. He is fantastic because he plays the rain. He plays everything. Mm-hmm. And at the end, when you see him, when they bring up the body, like he's the grief on his face feels real. Despite everything he's done, yeah, you know, the yeah, love yeah. Is, is, is there. I think he absolutely nails. Plus, Lord Kevin is just the most fascinating character in the play anyway, because he changes his arc is so very significant. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. As opposed to Lady Cap, which is kind of this. A lot of characters are, pr- are pretty flat in the way yeah. that they sort of move in this in this uh, play slash film. Lord, Lord Capulet and, and Paul Savino's performance of that character in this. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, anybody got a best moment, best element? I'll jump because I'll just go ahead and start mine up. Act three, scene five, which is the fight. Yeah. Which is the, the, the part where everything falls apart on every level. Mm-hmm. For Lord Capulet, it falls apart on every level for Juliet, and it's where we see the betrayal by all three levels of parentage. Uh, I, I, to me, when Juliet finds a voice and is then mocked for having the voice, I could have gone on for a full hour and do <laughs> on that scene. So uh, I tell my students, get to act three, scene five, and park the bus. And this scene, I always show them it because it's, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, I'm gonna go to Bolt's death. That entire scene. It's it's solely DiCaprio. It's not even Leguizamo. It's just his anger, his rage, his pain. It's fantastic. That entire segment is just the second Mark is dead. Steals it to, to, to sort of to steal something from Miriam Mar Mar Margolez, who went yeah. at the time. We just thought he was pretty. Yeah. You look at this now. The, the guy. The guy can. Act, Leo's yeah. acting there. Yeah. Like that's really good. good. Yeah. Yeah. You you really feel like his his grief and just rage it's incredible i'm gonna elaborate a little bit more on ethan because i'm gonna link two to here um mccutio's death and tybalt's death it happens Mm. in such close proximity it's such a big loss for two big leading guys and to have that so like happen so quickly together um it leaves a big hole and the death scene of mccutio oh i felt it i really felt it where's benvolio where did he go? Did he got locked up. Who knows? I don't know. Who knows? And Tybalt's death as well. I mean, that's so. 
the way he dies, you know, like you said, why did he not pull the trigger on... Um, it's murder. Well, yeah. Before it's a duel. Yeah, Duels yeah, are yeah. okay. But he don't show you that. Because he does that to Mikusio. No, because I'll give you this, because you want to know why? I'm sitting here all smugly going, because the duel, first time I've ever thought of that. Because <laughs> yeah, I've never sat there and asked myself why. I'm sure there's an ulterior... You could, you could also be like, it's also... If someone from that family kills him, that tarnishes that. There's literally a thing. He like, he's all, he's also show. he's also just killed someone legitimately yeah. now once, not yeah. in a duel, mm. in a in a in a slimy way. Yeah, yeah very slimy can, way. Are you really going to do it again? No. And can you get away with it? You might be able to sort of figure something out mm. for the first one. There's no way you'll come back from this one, yeah. especially because yeah, yeah, true, true. Yeah. Marcus yeah. is not really related to either family, so it's not like he's doing a, a crime that would affect that whole. You could spin Mercutio yeah. as a tragic accident. Yeah. Especially because of how he's always so manic. <laughs> Shooting Romeo in the head is going to be a bit harder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very true, yeah. Um, I've got to thank uh, co-writer Baz Lernham for this one. It's, <laughs> it's, the, it's the script. It's brilliant. I, and I know it's not actually to do with the film, but uh, Billy Shakes. Yeah, it's, it's the it's, worst it's, they're it's, saying. You, get, you can't divorce it from the no, film. No, it's, 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 it's beautiful. The writing is... I, yeah, the writing of Shakespeare is beautiful. It always is. I good think jo- it's great. Good job cleaning that up, Baz. Yeah. <laughs> well done, bud. It's now fit for purpose. Uh, Grumble? Uh, let's, start with, let's start with Georgia. Oh, I can't wait for this. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, One, I don't like the story much. I think there are too many little plot holes that a film like this, because it does take liberties with different things, could have fixed. Instead, I think it, it, it enhances them. It makes them more obvious, which is really quite frustrating because there are little bits in the story where if it's a play, you kind of go, you you can get away with it. But when it's transferred like this to big screen and you go, and they are taking liberties and being co-written by Baz Luhrmann, you could, he could have fixed a few of the holes, especially he's abridging things anyway, but he doesn't. It, if anything, for me, it makes them more obvious. And that's really quite frustrating. Um, a lot of the camera work frustrates me because it makes me dizzy because um, it's a bit too quick. Um, I, I quite like quick stuff. I really do. But this a little, it's just a little bit too quick for me to pay attention to. That and the colour scheme of this whole thing is a little bit too filtered in places. Like, it looks like they've taken, like, the toast filter from old school Instagram and just put it on the screen. <laughs> um, and it it may... It's, I struggle with some of it. Um, but it is good. It is good. I just don't like it. Okay. Uh, Liam, I'm going to read the category for you again. A grumble. My grumbles are how these characters you think are are good people and stable people, like Lord Capulet. Lord, yep, Lord Capulet, um, and he turns on a dime, um, and the nurse, how she turns on on. Um, Juliet. Uh, I, I was going to go uh, a dime. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't. I don't. I, I didn't like it. Right. Um, but my biggest, biggest grumble is the fact when she's waking up and he's about to go. You would feel something. You would know if there's a twitch. You would know if there was. But as someone who watched, you watched that scene and the way you were reacting. Isn't that exactly what they're going for? Oh, but. It's, it would not happen in real life. <laughs> real life, it would not happen. Fictional characters. <laughs> Fictional. You could easily fix that grumble by just having him like face the other way and sort of just scream it to to the church. 
Uh, Ethan, hi. I feel that I'm, my accent's getting something wrong. I'm going to show you this. Yep. It says, A Grumble. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the main things I want to talk about. No, um, it's, it's not the same. It's just how they showcase um, Juliet waking up. It's such a, it can be such a dramatic and heart-destroying scene. If they only had Romeo face away or not be holding her for that moment the second he goes to drink or whatever and then turn back and see her, and the way the camera could then pan and reveal, I think it could be a bit more painful. That's my only issue is how they how they shoot it. How the shots are shown is you see her waking up and he'd feel it. That's my only real issue is just the ending falls flat because of that for me. Okay. I'm only struggling to think of one, so maybe you guys took mine. Um, Overall, it's a good movie. I think there's some editing of the source material because I'm so familiar with the actual text that I don't mean omitting things. I mean taking a scene and cutting it in two where you put some of it here and some of it here so you can not leave for too long. And I'm not sure those decisions were always successful. Um, an example might be when Julia does the, you know, uh, I guess I see why they did it with the whole, you know, because you get this big screamy face right afterwards. But when he should die, put him in little stars. You know? <laughs> I don't know why I made her Irish for this part. <laughs> sure. but, 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 but then Romeo goes like, yeah. and then it's her going, why did you kill Tybalt? Why? And, and that dead. whole scene is supposed to be after the death of Tybalt. Mm-hmm. And I think I would have preferred that as a, as a singular scene. And then build somewhere there. Um, so yeah, uh, maybe, but it's a minor graph in the grand scheme of things. I think it's mm. generally it's, it's the I, it's the most successful film adaptation of a Shakespearean play I've ever seen. Yes, so I will say that. Um, so next up, we've got uh, Age Game. Age Game. It's all play the Age Game. I never want to hurt my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? As always, thanks to Moonlight Social for a yeah, little age game ditty. Uh, Ethan, I know I took away half of it, but yeah. we're running a little bit long, so it's not the end of the world. How are we doing? Doing great. So I had to change uh, mo- most of the, the yeah, big sorry players that. for that throughout, which is why I was quiet for like segments. But uh, first we'll go with Miriam Margulies, the nurse. Hmm. Ooh, what's this, 96? 52. 60. I'm going to say 63. George, the closest, 55. Really? What did you say, 50? 52. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah, I guess I'll let you have this one. Math. Three versus five. Uh. We've got John Leguizamo, Mr. Tybalt. Oh. Which one's he? Tybalt. Yeah, which... which Devil horns. Devil horns, okay. Uh, Sparky, the little... little, uh, 37. uh, It's 30, 37. I'll go... 31. You're the closest, 32. Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, All right. I'll go first this time. <laughs> Harold Perrineau, uh, oh, Mercutio. Perrineau. Um, Perrineau. Oh, Mercutio. He looks so young. He does look young. It's hard. Um, 33. 30. 28. This is where I get to say, are you sure you didn't cheat? Because he's 33. Is he really? Yeah. Uh, there we are. And well then, you. Thank you. Yeah. we got two more. Lost. Boom. <laughs> we got two more. Your favourite, Brian Dennehy. Ooh. Oh, wow. Okay, I'm sure. Oh, jeez. 62. Um, Sorry, who did Brian Dennehy play? Lord Montague. Okay. Uh, he's told me about, shouldn't he? Um, 59. 63. Closest again, 58. Hey! Oh! <laughs> and we did the leader of the Montague, so we'll do the leader of the Capulets, Paul Savino. Oh, jeez. 64. 
You're, I think you're close. 62. 60. Nah, 57. Wow. I win. Oh, well done. <laughs> I, think, I Overall, I think I took that one. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's because it's I teach it, though, isn't it? Yeah, true. I, I teach the play, yeah. so naturally I know all the ages of the actors. <laughs> <laughs> Shows up on the exam. All right. Uh, now if we take a look and go, okay, let's look at some critics. What you got, Georgia? Yeah, so I have got uh, Jeff Andrew from Time Out, who says, Lerman's gleefully cinematic version of the play is so relentlessly inventive and, in- and innovative, it takes 20 minutes to get a grasp on how, the appro- how appropriate his approach is to the material. So he, he liked it, but acknowledges it takes a while to kind of get into it. Um, I have got um, Owen Gleiberman from Entertainment Weekly said, a sick... A slick blast of decadence, the kind of violent swank trash music video that may make you feel like reaching for the remote control. He did not like it. So he oh, gave it a C plus. Swank trash, I love that. Yeah. And then I've got one from our good friend Roger Ebert. Ebs. Um who says I've seen Shakespeare done in drag. I've seen Richard III of the Nazi. I've seen The Tempest as science fiction and as a Greek travelogue. I've seen Prince Hal and Falstaff as homosexuals in Portland. I've seen King Lear as a samurai drama and Macbeth as a mafia story and two different Romeo and Juliets about ethnic difficulties in Manhattan, West Side Story and China Girl. But I've never seen anything remotely approaching the mess of the new punk version of Romeo and Juliet makes of Shakespeare's tragedy. He did not like this. I wow. disagree with you. He gives it two of, out of four. Yeah, it's not too often I'm on the other side of Greaves. I'm going yeah. to take, take a point with that, uh, but I will come to it on my moment. Yeah. So, yeah, um, two out of four. I'm just waiting. My, my computer kind of died, so I'm just waiting for it to, 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 <laughs> to load right up here. Um, while we're doing that, Georgia, why don't we talk a little bit about, oh, geez, it's gone the completely wrong way. The Patreon? I was going to, but now I'm just going to do something else. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can totally see why Ebert wouldn't be the biggest. It's so heavily stylized, and it's like, it's sensory overload. When we did uh, Spider-Verse, it's the same reason. Good film, can totally see why someone can't like it, because it's so in your face so Mm, much of the time. The editing's so specific, so stylized, so, um, so 90s. All right, so let's talk about what was so 90s here. What did our critics think of this? And uh, the overwhelming winner was Romeo and Juliet is a good film at 43.2%. Next closest was great film, then okay film. But uh, 8.1% thought it was a poor film. So uh, I would... I would wholeheartedly disagree with that, but Amazing. let's take a look. A uh, friend of the podcast, Hermie, said, I wrote an entire persuasive essay on it, arguing it was even better in some ways than the source material. Um, he wrote it in high school. It won an award and everything. Still have that handwritten essay to his day. Needless to say, love this one and can't wait to listen, guys. Cheers. Friend of the podcast and poet laureate, Dwayne Smith. Smith. said not seeing this since 1996 but i remember being the first shakespeare that i actually liked and understood i love the look of the film and the way they used guns like it was a gangster film claire danes was mesmerizing as juliet this began my obsession with leo films front of the podcast carlo lo 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 says i haven't seen this in 20 plus years so i don't think i can rate it properly i do remember thinking it was okay but not being that crazy about it i think at the moment i was bit put off by the clashes in style but kind of warmed up to it by the last act josh from your next favorite movie says i watched it many years ago this is back when i thought leo was a terrible actor and never gave it a fair shot at that point the only movie i liked him in was what's eating gilbert grape i should probably give it a rewatch i'd recommend that josh i would yeah 
Uh, Danny from It's a Musical Podcast says, I love this film. It was the film that inspired the love of Shakespeare when I saw it. I enjoy the modern setting juxtaposed by the classical language. Draw your swords is great. I also think the, the shot composition and editing this film is superb. Easy 10 out of 10 for me. Griff from the Paul and Griff Show says, watched it a month or so ago and it has aged incredibly well. Remember it coming out when I was studying the book at school, got it on VHS and loved it. My parents, on the other hand, had no idea what they were saying. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to need a bigger movie, said great film. This is one of Matt's favorite films. It's one of the hosts on their podcast. Great visuals, great music, and great acting all around. I hope you can appreciate this great in capitals. So, So, uh, Nostalgia Cast a Spell says, as of all Lerman films, it takes 30 minutes for my headache to subside and for me to vibe with the tone he's aiming for but after that the committed performances and aesthetic wins me over 100 percent. thanks for sharing i think that's a new one for yeah. us nostalgia cast a spell uh julene from it goes down in the pm i can't do the full song because she's written an essay here i wasn't <laughs> mad at this film in fact there are quite a few things i really loved about it i love the fact they chose to mo- not to modernize the language i love the score i love that the actors did not struggle with elizabethan english it really changed my perspective on clitter dane's acting chops it's not the best acting i've ever seen in my life but it was leaps and bounds from my so-called life which i loved Leo DiCaprio, again, surprised me because I remember him from his previous films, and this was definitely different. My favorite scene has to be when he confronts Tybalt's in tears, and his line delivery is nothing short of excellent. When uh, I read Romeo and Juliet, this is how I thought Romeo would say his lines. My least favorite part is that the cinematography makes me feel like I was on one long acid trip, but I love, love, love Shakespeare. I rarely enjoy modern retellings of a tale, of this tale, but I thought this was a creative retelling, and I really enjoyed it. Wrote you guys a novel, but I had a lot to say about this movie and Shakespeare in general. Oh. And is there anything? I think that is everybody. So thank you if you shared yeah, any thoughts. Thank you very appreciate much. that. Uh, now let's talk about what we're giving this son of a gun. What are we giving this son of a gun? I'm just getting my little notes out son here. Son of a sword. That's right. <laughs> so Liam, uh, why don't you go ahead first? Okay, this doesn't surprise anybody. I hate Shakespeare. I don't understand <laughs> it. I don't get it. Um, unless I'm spoon-fed it and told me what's happening in a scene and how it's going along. So I struggle with this. Um, but visually, oh, my God, it is uh, an explosion in my head. I follow visuals better than I do words. And I loved this movie when it came out. I felt like I understood Shakespeare just by watching it. You could have took the words out of it and just made me watch it. Yep. Um Silent. I'd still got the same feeling from it. Um, I love the cast of actors. There's so many uh, great actors in this. Um, so I'm going to give it um, ooh, a nine um, young hearts that run free. <laughs> nine young hearts run free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, then we have, oh, sorry, I didn't add one. My sister, Kirsty, uh, responded to a retweet rather than the original message. You know, yeah, so yeah, should yeah, talk yeah. about it. Said, I decided I need to rewatch this as it is this week's pick. That's a good reason to. <laughs> and yes, I still despise it as much as I did when I first saw it. Uh, Dane is as boring. Oh, Dane's is as boring as the white pages <laughs> of a phone book. Um, the, uh, I don't know. Are the, are the yellow pages that much more interesting? The overseas silver lining was seeing some TV series peeps when they were young, i.e. Michael from Lost. all right so we've got liam's nine georgia yeah i think i've said pretty much all i wanted to say about this so i'll keep this short basically the long and short of this is it is a very very good film i just don't like it 
it's not for me and I think I take grievance with it because I also don't like Romeo and Juliet that much but love the writing so it's it's difficult but it is very very well done and I could understand why people like it therefore it is getting a relatively strong seven okay mm. you're starting to use my terminology <laughs> <laughs> Except for you, like very, very strong, <laughs> <laughs> or very, very low. Um, I was really surprised by this because I'm not. The, I'm the same as I'm not a big uh, Romeo and Juliet fan. I don't really vibe with it. I think just because of how stupid the two of them are. But this film is so impressive, style-wise, editing, music choice, acting ability. I really like that it's modernised, but with Elizabethan English. I think uh, the acting range is fantastic. The characters are all brilliant. Tybalt's great. I love all of them. I think the, the choice of costume, I don't think we've really gone into that. The costumes in this, really good for what's essentially just gangsters. And I love that. Um... I do think it's a little bit too stylized at points, especially editing, like the the slowing and the speeding. Oh, I love is, it. It's gr- great for a bit. Mm. And I think when it's the entire for two hours, it gets a bit tiresome. So for that, I'm going eight Marcuccio tabs of acid out of ten. Ooh. So I've been one off on all of you. Wow. <laughs> I had Liam for an... Basically, if you switch Liam and Ethan, I had you right. Oh, okay. I thought Liam would do an eight. You gave it a nine. I thought Ethan would give it a nine. You gave it an eight. I thought George would give it a six. You gave it a seven. So at first I was like, she's going to do that thing again. I think it's a really good film. I'm like, she's going to give it an eight? What she going to do here? <laughs> I'd like to give it a seven because if you really don't like it to that degree, like that should be re- reflected. Yeah. At the end of the day, you still, like, still don't like the film very much. Yeah. But I can appreciate all the technical accuracies, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um, I, I used to hate this film. Like, I would have to say like, I was a terrible version of the film. Yeah, but you and, studied English. You understood it. I didn't. Yeah, but even with liking it and understanding it, I still didn't care for it. Because my issues with it weren't the story. My issues with it were the, were, were the way it was shot. Yeah. Mm. So it was, it was the filmmaking side of it. And then as I became more versed in that side of it, I think I appreciated a bit more what was happening as my understanding of what was happening in the text also increased as well. Mm. So there's a, a version of that. Uh, I have to watch this every year. I teach it every year. And I still really like it every year. So... Uh, it's gotten more and more and more. I, for a while, I had to teach that opening sequence. Oh, I should have talked about the opening sequence oh, in the best moments, too. That is That's yeah, so good. Yeah, the Gary. At Fuel Deer Fire. Minutes, oh. I, was, I was sold on the film. So Brilliant. I'm giving it an eight and a half. Woo. Eight and a half. Um, fictional character um, balconies out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> they don't really exist. They don't, no. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think. My sister did send me a message about something about. Uh, oh, my phone's dead. So, so much for that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Cass. Send me something about people actually building Juliet b- uh, balconies, which don't lead to anything, but it's just designed to be. So, oh, thanks, okay. yeah, Never yeah. with a more tale of woe than Ian and his dead foe. Oh, not bad. Not I bad. Tried, I tried. I got a new one coming next week. I'm very excited about it. Woo! I know. Finally. Um, yeah. Ooh, yeah. fancy. Yeah. So your Patreon money. No, I'm joking. It's not <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so let's talk then. Uh, let's do this first. Patreon, tier one. We talked about this a little bit last week. Let's go ahead. For anybody who missed it, and some people have gotten back to us already, here is everything that tier one at three British pounds. There were some complaints about, I want this in American dollars. Reverend Bruce. Uh, <laughs> Three pounds in U.S. dollars is four eleven. That's four dollars 
and Amer- and and eleven cents. It's five oh nine in Canadian dollars, and if you're so inclined, it's three fifty five in euros. Oh, there Just is. as a few entry points there, so it's not a huge amount of money, and it helps us keep the lights on. And there's some things we want to do to upgrade, which we'll let you know yeah, we in, do, in the weeks yeah. coming up. Mm. But here's what that entry level goes beyond the fact that you're just helping to support a podcast that hopefully you really like because you keep listening to it what else do we get george so you also get uh, the ability to have your say on votes we put out so there will be several votes and things that go out exclusively to pa- patreon including the fifth chair yeah and so when we do our things at the end of the thing eight and a half eight six nine whatever it might be we will then take the average of the patreon voters vote so you actually yeah. in our final numbers that will help determine placings you get a say in that you get yeah you wow, get part that's a lot of that you, now. you yeah, are yeah. part of that you are worth yeah, yeah, you're yeah, part yeah. of an overall value of 20% you and the rest of the Patreon community give one voice yeah. Yeah. you also get votes in the best of worst of at the end of each year and a bit more say in real round tables and that sort of thing um, and just for joining us you'll get a little message from one of us or all of us depending on who's available just saying thank you and I think all of us I think all yeah. of us yeah. yeah and a birthday message as well when it comes around yeah. to your birthday yep <laughs> both on the pod and maybe something yeah we'll see but yeah and i'm sure there'll be little bits and pieces photos and silly reactions and, and, and some and some patreon. little extra content that'll be patreon so get, get, get you in the door yeah, get you in the door we might even sing to you we might even sing to you well we've never done that before it's finally i believe happy birthday is now finally in the public domain so we're okay oh, yeah, <laughs> so there we go so all that for for, for three pounds which is uh That's not bad I'll tell you what, we've done a lot of research about what a lot of other uh, podcasts, not even podcasts, but other um, public-supported uh, creators yeah. Yeah. are sort of doing for their entry level. And I, I will hold up against us up against any of those. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because what we want is what it seems to be what our listeners want, which is engagement. Yeah. And that's the easiest thing to go ahead and do and go, yeah, we can be as engaged as you kind of really want to be. Uh, and so the first here, that's kind of where the kind of engagement you, you, can, you can look at for that. Yeah. So that goes live January 1st. 2022 indeed it does and okay. i accidentally wow. press the launch button again and have to unlaunch it yeah <laughs> no one, unless they're like refreshing it every five minutes we're, we're okay there okay so uh, what we have to do now is talk about what are we doing next week and this is george's picks i have no idea what's coming it is george's pick i'm very excited about it I'm is it an animation she was gonna do cool hand luke can you believe that oh, and then wow. you took it really? oh no is it casper now no, it's not <laughs> Casper, don't worry. Um, I'm going with a film that is about to celebrate its 28th anniversary, which, I mean, isn't one that we celebrate. Okay, hang on here. Okay. That gets to 1993. It does indeed, yeah. 1993 is where we're going for. Okay. Uh, 8 out of 10 and 95%, so absolutely qualifies. Okay. Um, quite a short film, only about an hour and 16 minutes long, and this is the only time of year you can actually watch this film um, because uh, it is slap bang between Halloween and Christmas. We are uh, watching Tim Burton's The Nightmare, Nightmare Before, Before Christmas. Christmas. Oh. Okay. 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 I knew that's that was going to be that's that. That's a lot of Tim Burton in a short amount of time for me. The second you said one hour 16, I'm like, yeah. Oh, no. So if you oh. want to know the answer to what's this, it's <laughs> it's going to be The Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay, fair well, enough. It's an only an hour and a quarter that you have to Will watch we like it more or less than Cora? Coraline. Uh, I've never seen Coraline, so I literally there's a thing on Netflix that um does the movies that made us. Yeah. Or something like that. Um Is there uh, one on this? Yeah. Oh. Well I think Georgia's is her pick needs to watch that and uh and help report back on some stuff for some context. 
Okay. Yeah, season three. Did you have Netflix? Yeah. Movies that made us. Movies yeah. that made us. Okay, okay, I'll have a look. There we go. So we will be doing, man, tell you what, Tim, there's a huge community for this. So yeah, there is. Yeah, we are yeah. pissing off a whole lot of people. <laughs> <next week. laughs> yeah. Come and listen to our last What's ever up? episode. <laughs> <laughs> Every black head We're done. Night Before Christmas jumper. Oh, ho, ho. Night Before Christmas, this, it'll, be, it'll be fitting. Come join our funeral. <laughs> See if we're dancing on the ceiling next week. As we tackle. It's been fun, guys. Yeah, Tim Burton's, not the director, but the producer. Yeah, the producer. The yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas. Auteur Theory. We're talking about that. Let's we see if it, if it shows up in The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. So please join us next week when we tackle the Tim Burton production. Mm. Also voiced. There's a voice in it. Is he? Great. <laughs> <laughs> we travel to Halloween Town. For the nightmare before Christmas, for best film ever, I've been I've been Liam. I've been Ethan, and I've been Georgia. And we really hope you listen next week. We even hope you kind of sign up for the Patreon. You might think it's fate, but we all know after all, it's entirely free will. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. We'll catch you on the flippity flop. The flippity flip flop. You were destined to say that. <laughs> That's fate. Best film ever. I've been Ian. I've been Liam. I've been Ethan. And I've been Georgia. And never was there a tale of more woe than I don't have anything here. Oh, <laughs> end of oh, the Georgia war. and her picks, yo. <laughs> 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 I thought it was quite funny. Uh, Insanity and Mark Yushio. Uh, trying to think what Georgia really hated about this. <laughs> Why didn't she? Uh, editing something speed. The fact that people just don't talk to each other. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>